Stupid, you morons bit on every single word I had to say this past couple of months, huh? I want to earn it. I want to fuck that. I deserve it, because I'm the best wrestler in the fucking world. And every single one of you know it. On the microphone, in the ring, nobody can touch me. That's a fact. Nobody is on my level. And then, to think you guys still believe me when I put over this motherfucker this past Wednesday? Grow the fuck up. No offense. Grow up. Now let's talk a little bit, huh? Uh, MJF, what's going on with you and Regal? You know, we're all really interested. What's going on? How'd that link up start? You think I'm gonna tell you, dumb motherfucker? Huh? With 70,000 fucking hardcore marks watching at home jerking off in their grandma's basement? Huh? To my velvet voice? You think I give a shit? No, if you wanna know anything, about the most important man in professional wrestling, you gotta tune in to the MJF show. That's every Wednesday on TBS. And you know damn well, that is now Destination TV. Now here's what's gonna fucking happen, okay? I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna get all of Moxie's disgusting hepatitis A through Z off of me. And then in the morning, I'm gonna do what nobody else on the roster does because I'm the only real fucking star here. I'm gonna hop on a jet and I'm gonna go to my goddamn movie set. Anybody got any questions? Huh? Just kidding. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Champs, fucking out, baby! Everybody and welcome back to the ATI Podcast, episode 51. Barrett here, as well as Josh Welch. Hello, hello. The babyface Jake Jackson with another run-in to the ATI Podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Welcome doing in, fantastic. bro. fantastic, yes. So uh, I know that we've quite got quite the wrestling agenda to go over today. We're going to hit on our top male performers of the year, top tag teams, top female performers, as well as top feuds and moments of the year, and then do a little bit of a Royal Rumble recap. Talk about what we can talk about. Today is June 21st or 22nd, I believe. So yeah, 22nd. And the Royal Rumble is one week out from today, and still the entire match card hasn't been announced. So we'll only be able to talk about so much with regards to Royal Rumble, but I feel like, you know, it's always the road to WrestleMania, so there's a lot you can 
can talk about where stories are going to go and eventually an end and uh, new stars are made at WrestleMania very commonly. But let's talk about some NFL football, guys, because we got some good games on this weekend. Fly, we Eagles, uh, fly. Go Cowboys, go Bills. Don't really have a team left, but just rooting for good games at this point. Yeah, so that kind of an interesting scenario can play out potentially in that the fact that Kansas City won last night and what if Buffalo wins? So they have to have that AFC championship game at a neutral site in Atlanta. So they've already got that straightened out, which is, I don't know that that's ever been done before, relocated specifically for what purposes there is. And that's obviously uh, DeMar Hamlin got injured for the Buffalo Bills. It's been pretty hot, you know, news topic, you know, across all medium forums and what have you. Right. But uh, so kind of something unheard of. Honestly, they didn't know what was going on with him. They thought uh, he was dead. I mean, clinically, he was dead on the field for a period of time. Yeah. He had lost oxygen to his brain. And it's amazing that he has what faculties he does right now, considering how long he was passed out. I think it was something like 20 something minutes. Damn, 22 minutes, maybe. I don't recall the exact number, but something I was like, that's otherworldly. Yeah. Whenever this happened at the beginning of the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, everybody just was in a state of shock, didn't know what to do. Again, unprecedented what happened. So they canceled the game. They were barely into the first quarter. I want to say maybe 10 minutes into the first quarter, if even that. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure that that had some to do with the decision making, but ultimately it was about human life. Yeah. You know, and all sports, all team sports is a brotherhood. Whenever one of your people go down, one of your brothers go down, it's hard for you to operate during a game. Right. You know, so I think that, I think the right decision was made, but I know there's a lot of hot sports talk out there about, oh, it's ridiculous that they canceled the game. They should have continued the game as they would with any other injury, yada, yada, yada. I don't think anyone was really like, if they thought that, they didn't say it. Like, Mm -hmm. it was the right thing to do because I've never seen anything like that in my entire watching sports lot. I've seen yeah. I've seen Alex Smith, which was pretty gruesome. Right. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, Tyler Eifert. Like you, I've seen some pretty serious yeah. injuries, but not you know you usually get the thumbs up. Right. And then, oh, we we're playing again. But when I when they went to the second commercial break, I was like, okay, something's wrong here. Right. And the right. ambulance comes on the field. Like it's really I've never seen anything like it. And right. uh, I'm just glad he's okay. Yeah. Fuck football. No. Right. I'm exactly. glad he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they made the right decision and yeah. stopping the game and you know taking care of him making him priority so and i think maybe the second part of that criticism involved in this situation is that they felt as though that the nfl should have rescheduled the games yeah that's that's a possibility but the nfl is such a machine and that machine has to continue to operate the same way so all of their promotion their scheduling right, the timing of things right yeah it's a, it's a big business it's not like that they could play a makeup game really any time unless it was you know maybe i guess in the middle of the week but that too was just uh the ultimately the right decision was made yeah and I'm, I'm just bringing up, you know, all points of view that's being thrown out there. But we're, we're talking about all of this to say this, and that's why they're doing the neutral site in the event that it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Because Buffalo played one less game, so then they went by winning percentages, your overall record versus what versus your losses. And it kind of made the financials, the digits, the analytics of it kind of funky. And so that's why Buffalo is beating treating the way that they are. And the Bengals, too, technically. But the Bengals were such a low seed as it was anyways in the event that they win. It's going to be at Kansas City, yep. the AFC Championship game so it'll be really cool to see who gets it we're kind of in the st louis market of course so we don't have a team to root for anymore so i think a lot of people by default timing wise i think kansas city has a lot of bandwagon fans a hundred rams reject especially, fans. especially in missouri <laughs> as a hardcore st louis rams fan for my yeah. entire football watching life i only got to experience the st louis rams 
the shitter the shitter teams. Right, right. I was like a baby when the greatest show on turf was going on. Yeah. So I was there through all the shit years. I watched, you know, Sam Bradford and Kellen Clemens and all these random ass quarterbacks we had. And but dude, Steven Jackson was the only legit star we had. No receivers, right. nothing. And you know when they left, and people just well, we're going to be Chiefs fans by default. It pisses me off a little bit. I know it's weird and doesn't make sense, right. but I'm from the St. We're from the St. Louis area. We are we are not anywhere near Kansas City. Right. To be honest, the Titans may be closer, if not the same distance from right. here to this house to Arrowhead or Nissan Stadium. I, yeah. I don't. It's got to be a close. Well, that's Nashville. It's 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 about five and a half hours. Or like six. Indianapolis Colts. It's got to be close. You yeah. know. So yeah, it's, Kansas City's a good drive still yet for us here. It's yeah, I'm I'm one of those oddities. I'm a weird Philly fan. So and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that while we were growing up, too, some of the stars of old is right. kind of who you gravitate towards. So like, I'll always be a Steelers and a Packers fan just because of the old stars on the old teams. Right. I was a huge Cordell Stewart fan. Right. Uh, from the Steelers, Colorado, back in the day, Buffalo. Yeah, he was he was the first kind of Mike Vick type player as yeah, far as skill sets. He could just throw like it and he could run with it. Right. Yeah. And then eventually, toward the tail end of his career, they just converted him completely to receiver. And there was another quarterback shortly thereafter. Um, I'm not ringing a bell on the name. Had kind of the same skill sets as well, but again, didn't make the same impact as your Mike Vicks or your Lamar Jacksons of today. Your West Coast boys. And honestly, you don't think of it, but Daniel Jones is in that conversation from the Giants too because he he has as much as any other quarterback rushing yards last year i know in particular i think he actually had the most and rushing touchdowns for a quarterback he had ran for just well, i know justin number. fields was had the rushing yards record for quarterbacks this year, this year. yeah and he was like if he would have played the last game of the year he would have broke the rushing record for quarterbacks so he's like yeah he's insane with his rushing i loved the video of the miami dolphins head coach telling him just stop running yeah. stop running <laughs> on the sideline and everybody was like, you know, reporters are so fucking stuck in the old mud and, and the rigmarole, I guess, of their job over the years. Like, sarcasm and humor and that type of humor doesn't get with them. And that guy is heavy on yes. the sarcasm humor. And he was like, they, they asked him in the press conference afterwards, afterwards, what were you saying to Justin Fields? He was like, I just told him to stop running. Well, why were you doing that? Because I wanted him to stop running. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, very simple. I thought it was rude. He kept running and I didn't like it. Yeah. Right. So, I love right. Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Mike McDaniel. Daniel's Great coach. coach. He gets the most out of all of his players. I like Tua a lot, but like Tua, there's another guy that health. Most. That's the most important thing right there right. for that guy. Right. Tua needs good coaching. Absolutely. He, he's very few players can overcome bad coaching. I'm telling you, Kyle Shanahan right now is the best coach in the NFL. Absolutely. He is. He you could nothing against Brock Purdy, but you could put damn near anybody out there right. who protects the football and is smart and yeah. is a point guard, not a over the top you know go ball every time you can succeed in the 49ers offense you do a lot of this you do a lot of that a lot of play a lot of play action hand that ball off quick passes it's coaching a lot of it's coaching anybody can succeed if you're if you made it to the nfl you're good enough to be there it's all about your opportunity if you get right. one and coach Make the right decision in the right yeah. time right but that's where the good coaching it's kind of yin and yang you have a good coach that can coach that and one team with the Kyle Shanahan with Kyle Shanahan's approach too you can see I see like you know earmarks of his dad all over everything that he does Mike Shanahan but Kyle Shanahan also is kind of progressed in some coaching schemes over time so he uses a lot of like zone blocking on the offensive line to create holes and gaps and there's a lot of halfback option routes even though that they're play action usually in movement 
movements going in one direction. He does a lot of trap blocking and things like that where it creates that initial hole. And that's what you need as a running back too. And it seems like if they've been through several running backs this year. You know, they've had, uh, I'd say, at least five different running backs start, I want to say in total. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has now, and he's he's blowing up, which, I mean, he's always had the talent, but Healthy. hasn't had the talent around him yeah. and his health. Yeah, for sure. He's hurt, he's, he's hurt all the time, but this year he stayed healthy. They have other, Elijah Mitchell's a beast, trying to think. They have Ayuk, they have Debo Samuel, who could literally yes. do it all. Every run play is like 20-plus yards for him. <laughs> yeah, he can run it, throw it. He's thrown touchdown passes. He can. Yeah. They got pro bowlers everywhere. They're going to be tough to beat. And like I said, coaching. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Brady are the only quarterbacks in the league to me that it doesn't matter coaching. They're going to find a way to win. Right. They got the skills for sure. Yeah. Right. right. They've been around long enough, Brady's too. Brady's more intelligence than like natural right. ability. Like his pre-snap, right. like I can read a defense. I know what they're going to do. Right. Is better than anybody's ever right so that's why he's won seven super bowls is because he nobody prepares more than tom brady no not at all he prepares so much that he lost old giselle over it yeah i think (laughs) i mean and he you know what Tommy, I hope you keep playing until you're 50. Wherever Tommy goes, I go. So I'm hitching on that wagon. I mean, he's Vegas. the Vegas. He's the guy. Whether I like him or not. Yeah, whether I like him or not. I'm coming back home, Raiders. I'm going to root for the Raiders again. If yeah. he's on the Dolphins, fins up. Back to the Bucks, fire those cannons. Yeah. Wherever he goes, I go. Yeah, I don't see him coming until back. Until the Browns the get rid of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not on the Browns train, but I haven't got rid of my gear yet. One thing I wanted to bring up, too, about Christian McCaffrey, it's cool, kind of the connection. So Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Shanahan had an Ed McCaffrey. Coached his dad yeah. in Denver. And That's so cool. both their fathers were in Denver together, which is a really cool connection if you think about it. Like, how many times does that get to happen? No. Yeah, it's cool. not very commonly, for sure. And I want to say Mike McDaniels. Yes, family member was on that staff too oh i, I wouldn't doubt I, it. maybe his dad or something yeah. i can't remember but i almost maybe i'm making it up but i thought that was yeah. like he was on the staff too like one of his family members but could be and i know when i was younger you know i liked the cowboys you know back to that conversation about the cowboys specifically they you know they had Deion sanders was my favorite player Prime Who time. doesn't love prime? I'm rooting for Colorado. I'm going, go Buffalo, yeah. baby. Yeah, Colorado <laughs> is, uh, is the college I'm going to be t- rooting for in football. Make you one run through a brick wall, Dion. Watch yeah. his interview with Shannon Sharp on the Club Shay Shay podcast. Yeah. Kind of skip the first couple minutes because they show his, his amputated toes. Oh, yeah. yeah it's oh, fucking shit. gross. After that, skip it. It's a good listen. Holy shit. I didn't know that they did that. Oh, yeah, Dion got his toes amputated. Oh, my God. He had like a blood clot or something. And I didn't know that. Had to get some toes amputated. Damn. That's fucking crazy. I Gross. That either. That's yeah. wow. He's getting it like massaged and stuff. Oh wow! It's like foot and leg. It's kind <laughs> oh, of gross. Dude, I think I did see clips from that. Oh my god, dude! You know the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. You have to appreciate the talent because you saw other quarterbacks in that offense during his injuries, and the team is not nearly the same. Except for Cooper Rush. Da- you know, the Cooper Rush was the exception this year. Cooper Robert oh. Rush. Skip but I'm, I'm thinking say. more year years previous. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Andy Dalton, for example, yeah. the red the red rifle, yeah. the red rock whatever they call him <laughs> the red rocket more like it because yeah. <laughs> he's throwing boners all over the field <laughs> I'd be curious to see what they do with Cooper Rush. And, you know, that being said, too, Kellen Clemens is being eyed for jobs around the league. And, you know, a lot of teams have asked permission to... Wait, Kellen Clemens? Yes. He's the offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore is. Kellen Moore, I'm sorry. From Boise State, yeah. Yeah. 
Kellen Moore. He's getting a lot of uh, requests to be interviewed for open jobs across the NFL. So I'd be curious to see if he ends up getting a job that he, if he doesn't take Cooper with him, because Dak is under a large contract as it is right now. Right. And I think Dak has earned every bit of what's come to him. You know, he's one of the stories that I think whether or not you like the Cowboys, you can respect him specifically. Oh, yeah. He's an overachiever. Fourth round pick. Wasn't supposed to be the starter. Tony Romo gets hurt his last year, and then yep. he ends up starting the whole year. Puts in the work. I mean, gets and the I, here's the deal. I love Dak, and he finally went on the road, won a playoff game against the GOAT, so I'm sold completely because a lot of talk about Dak is that— Right, can't win the big ones. Can't win a big game, can't win a— Said the same thing about Romo. Yeah, yeah. well, I yeah. mean, Romo, I mean, Dak went and—I mean, the Buccaneers were terrible this year, Yeah, but he went on the road and beat the GOAT. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his entire career until Monday. Oh, okay. 7-0. Well, 7-1 yeah, now. Jesus. Which they didn't play him that often back— Whenever he was in the AFC, of course, right, because right. of scheduling. But yeah, I, I can't say that I'm really rooting for anybody in particular. But you know, I would like to see something different go down. And I have been kind of rooting for the Buffalo Bills the last few years, specifically. Hard not to. Great yeah. fan base. Yeah. They deserve it. Bills uh, Army, baby. Any team that loses four Super Bowls in a row, in a row, I'm gonna feel sorry for you. Yeah, I'm not, for sure. like you did. You, you should have. I didn't. Wasn't alive for it. But I know a couple were close, and then they yeah. got blown out in a couple. I was just like, yeah, it's four time. in a row. How do you go to four in a row? One of the first time, first Super Bowls I remember watching was the Cowboys against the Buffalo Bills, and uh, that was you know on the Cowboys run of the '90s when they won. And yeah, it's, I was just, I remember. You know, none of that meant anything to me at the time, but I remember hearing those things like, oh, they lost all of the Super Bowls they were in or so on and so forth. And it's a franchise that it's easy to root for because it is underdog story. And, you know, I think that's the, you know, you can go back to the baseball side of things whenever the Red Sox finally won. Yep. That was a huge deal. I remember that, you know, for sure. Or the Cubs. Except or... when they beat the fuck out of us in the World Series. When yeah. We, oh, man, the I'm Cardinals, still salty. The greatest regular season Cardinals team, team. ever was yeah. 2004. Yes, And we got... I mean, get out the broom swept in the World yeah. Series. Yeah, our roster was loaded. I was fucking. St- I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. They, that made me a lot. All stars all Red over the line. Yeah, it literally was all coaching decisions. Uh, it paired with you know our pitchers just not performing. Right. We had uh, people forget this, but Edgar Renteria was an all star that year. Yeah. He was amazing. Yes. Edgar Renteria. All Tony Womack was an all star. Yep. First base. base, obviously Albert. Third, Scott Rowland. Center field, yeah. Jim Edmonds. Yachty wasn't playing. Mike Matheny was a. Pre- good catcher yeah you had chris carpenter mark Mulder. Yes. i mean we were loaded yeah. and then we had guys like reggie sanders who was not like a little past his prime right who was still like Produced hitting 20 home runs that's insane yeah driving in 60 70 runs so yeah. like yeah reggie was a 2020 guy 20 stolen bases and i want to say we got larry usually. walker at the trade deadline yes that we year. did we got larry walker as well and yeah. uh i was a big fan of the larry walker trade and while he was a cardinal as well i liked him when he was with the rockies he oh was yeah just a stand-up dude won the mvp with the yeah. one year year with the Rockies I'm cert- I'm almost certain yeah fucking great team for sure but yeah I remember that prominently so you know back to the football thing you know even we could put the put the Bengals in this conversation you know they won some very close games with the 49ers in particular I go back to that game you know Chris Collinsworth was the wide receiver at the time uh, for the Bengals and that's another franchise that is just overdue for a Super Bowl so I wouldn't have a problem rooting for them either I have been leaning more Kansas City now that we don't have the Rams and I want to be a fan of a team in proximity of me but I've always been a Titans fan to some extent you know I've I, Steve McNair to me is just one of the best most underrated quarterbacks that's ever played the game in my opinion Eddie George one of the most underrated running backs he didn't have a very 
long career with in, intent and purpose. He made that decision himself. I think he kind of had the same thought of Barry Sanders. He wanted to be able to walk away from the game. That's another team that was easy to like for us. But, you know, that's still, you know, five and a half hours or so away from uh, where, we're, where we're at. And uh, it's easy to like the Packers, too, because Aaron Rodgers. And it's also easy to hate him because of Aaron Rodgers. I know a lot of people don't like kind of the chip on the shoulder that he kind of constantly lives with. But, uh, you know, I was a Brett Favre fan. You know, how could you not be whenever I was a kid? And everybody wanted Gunslinger. to be like Brett Favre. Yeah. Just constantly breaking down plays, running around, throwing shit and You also got to think with Aaron Rodgers, too. Think about going from being the type of quarterback with the type of winning team that he was on earlier in his career and what he's going through now, right. too. I mean, it doesn't give him the right to be a dick, but I get it. I mean, he's earned some of the ability <laughs> to do what he does, quite right. frankly. Right. And uh, now I just hate this like drama of every year to year. Is he going to play with the Packers again next year? Right. right. My thing is, yeah. is that he does not work with the young guys. He doesn't go do training camp. You ever notice that the Packers start slow? Absolutely. It's partly because of him. He's not. Yeah. Brady is with, I'm not, I hate to compare him. People get pissed when I do, but the people like to also compare him. Brady is with the guy, except for this year. He had some drama going on. Right. He is with the guys from the jump of the season. Aaron was going and doing ayahuasca and whatever. I mean, right. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers because hey, he's gifted, one of the most talented throwers of the right. football I've ever seen. But he's personally, I'm not just not personally a fan of like I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers. Well, and then he had the whole COVID controversy as well, yeah, which I don't give a shit about. And about it's that semantics anymore. is what ultimately yeah. he just wanted to. He just wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. Right. He just tried to want to pull a fast one on people. Right, right. And then he tried to turn around and act like it wasn't nothing, you know. And he there was no ulterior motive in how, what he was doing or whatever. And that everybody else should have been smart enough to understand what he said was still technically correct. It was right. whenever he was being asked about whether or not he had taken the vaccine. Of course and have a vaccine card and he said I am protected from coronavirus or something he said it in some weird phrasing I'm right. immunized yeah. I, I'm immunized yeah that's what he said you should have just pulled the Kirk Cousins and say if I die I die that's yeah. fucking hilarious <laughs> right <laughs> fucking boss Which he's, he's so fucking stupid I hate Kirk Cousins <laughs> I don't I like Kirk Cousins oh my god uh, I, it gets too much hate and you know I'm not even aware of him getting hate I just I hate him just because it's like every time I this is my big problem with Kirk Cousins every time I want to root for him he fucking he, cracks he plays a stinker under pre- yes yeah. yeah i know i want to get behind him i don't whenever you know Kirk Mike change this actually year. yes it's hilarious <laughs> on the plane brother all time it's hilarious or, well did you, you see like what that? they did with mike mccarthy yeah they got oh. that big gold chain around him with the big dallas star and then on pat him. mcafee said big mike big mike yeah big mike oh my god that that was hilarious for sure i'm rooting for mike mccarthy too because under for a guy that's won a super bowl and right. won a lot of fucking games people sure do Act like he him. doesn't know how to coach. Right. right. They shit on him a lot. Yeah, he is definitely he's won a Super Bowl. Good coach. He didn't get there just by not knowing what the hell he's doing. I I never they oh, it was Rodgers that took him to have you seen what Rodgers has done in the playoffs? Right. His record is worse without Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. Right. right. Exactly. I think that was a I I love Undisputed, but Skip Bayless calls him Mike McPenalty. <laughs> Mike McPenalty. He does not like Mike McCarthy, and I'm like, would you rather have Mike McCarthy or always grinning and smiling Jason Garrett? I was gonna Jason Garrett, the, oh, the fakest God. smile. I mean, J- yeah. Jason Garrett, the nine and seven Cowboys. The he eight, scares you know, me. he was just—he's kind of the Jeff Fisher. <laughs> I mean, I would rather have Mike McCarthy over Jason Garrett any every day, day and twice day. on Sunday. One hundred percent, any day, absolutely. But you know, we've kind of went on a bit of a tangent about the NFL here. But uh, just honestly, 
I'm looking for good games. I yeah. want good competitive games to kind of wrap it up. Uh, and, you know, when you see blowouts like last night, it was hard to watch the whole Eagles and Giants game because it was just very evident that there was going to be a very one-sided affair within the first five minutes of the game. It was game. an unscheduled ass whooping. Yeah, or maybe exactly a scheduled right. for some people. Well, for sure. I don't want to see games like that. That no. was a huge complaint last year with the expanded playoff. A lot of the games were blowouts. I don't want to see every game like I saw that last night. Even if I want to see a competitive Super Bowl, the best Super Bowls I've ever seen are ones that it came down to the last play. You know, your the Pittsburgh Steelers against Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. One, of the, I was one of the best Kurt Warner man Super Bowls I've ever watched ever in my entire life. Two thousand eight. Yeah, the Eli Manning Super Bowl Super Bowls to me. Yeah, Eli Manning beating the Patriots. Both of those. And, Letting uh, his nuts just fucking hang. Just yeah. <laughs> people say what you want about Eli Manning. He's one of like five players to be Super Bowl MVP twice, twice, yeah. and yes. beat Tom Brady twice. So say what you and want Bill about Bill Belichick. Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah, name. and Bill. Eli right. Manning's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Look, yes. fucking hundred percent. I was a little drunk last night. I was on my Eli Manning. Just I was like, I bought an Eli Manning figure at six a.m. Oh, really? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, on the way. <laughs> I love some Eli Manning. All right. Let's transition, guys, over into another world of sports or pro wrestling world. I know that toward the end of last episode, I had made mention that Jay Briscoe had recently passed, and that was a that's a rough one for me because I'm a big fan of the Briscoes, and I just know how much family people that they are in general, and they've made career decisions based on the fact of whether or not they would have time with their family. And to me, arguably, best tag team in the last 20 years. And uh, it's really hard. And they were like my age. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, I will say, like, the me. family pictures and stuff that everybody's been sharing is just yeah. heartbreaking, man. I feel for their family I mean, they're so, so important to their community. They closed down all the city offices as well as the school. The school wow. was shut down Terrible, to mourn man. over Jay's loss as well as the accident that both his daughters were in as well. So his daughters were sitting in the back seat. He was on the way to take a cheerleading practice. And then kind of what's went viral also is videos of Jay practicing that dance routine with his daughter for cheerleading. Right. Here in the last few weeks, too. So, yeah. a lot of just heartbreaking stuff. I've always kind of had to be this way because I was so nervous about originally driving myself as a person just because I have a lot of anxiety and stuff naturally. Like, I didn't even get my license license or my permit until or I think I got my permit when I was like 16. Yeah. I just like did not want to drive it in with the responsibility of it. Do you have that center like, line fear? That's what I had. I was always afraid somebody's going to hit me head on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I was going to hit some somebody or, you know, an animal would come out on the road or whatever the case is, you know, like. You have to get behind the wheel with some disassociation. So, right. like, it's, I, I drive to work sometimes and don't remember driving to work. Oh, yeah. You know, just because yeah. I have to let my mind wander and be think like, about other things. Did I pay attention those last two miles yeah, at exactly. all? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, was I, if something would have happened, would I yeah. have no, like, noticed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did I hit something? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you have to disassociate to some level. At least I do, you know, people with those types of problems. And I think a lot of what went on with him in particular, Jay, he was actually driving in the correct lane and a woman hit him head on. Now, they, they were supposed to do a toxicology report. I don't know if the results are out with that yet. I don't think it is to see if she you know she was drunk or inebriated or under the influence of something. Uh, you know, there's r- rumors, murmurs that they found a cell phone in the car. I mean, who doesn't have a cell phone and who doesn't have it in their car when they're driving? Right. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're texting while you're driving or messing with your phone or trying to find it while you're driving, whatever the case is. So you really can't jump to that conclusion because right. you weren't sitting there. And that's really and hard to prove. she had nobody else in the car. Right. So it's really hard to prove witnesses she hit it such force head-on that it immediately killed both drivers and luckily jay you know like every adult should had his 
young daughters all sitting in the back, even though that one of them was probably, you know, close enough in age and size to sit up front. She didn't, he didn't have her sit up front. She was sitting in the back. So, you know, if you're a parent out there, let's think about where you're putting your kids in the car strategically and what can happen. Right. And let this kind of be a lesson because, you know, you're going to be, you know, think you're going to be cool parent and let your kid that's on the verge of the size and the weight that they need to be to be up in the front seat and something like that happens, you know, you're going to be constantly regretting it. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, it's just a whole sad situation. It's nothing that he did. You know, I think sometimes it makes it easier for you to hear the news of things like this not that it's good or easy at all uh, but easier i should say in some senses if you hear it's like a, a drug overdose or something to that out because you know it's a you know it's you can put a finality to it this person did something wrong so this is why they're dead this is a cause and effect this is a consequence right in this situation he's completely innocent yeah he didn't do anything to put his life in jeopardy or his daughter's lives in jeopardy right. and here his daughter's lives are still currently in jeopardy to some extent although one of the girls did end up getting feeling all the way back to her toes again good deal that had lost the numbness so good she deal. does have feeling completely now and she had to go through a couple emergency surgeries initially she was like paralyzed from the neck down like it was just it's just an entirely rough uh, situation so yeah thoughts and vibes with the briscoe fam for yeah. sure and uh, i know it's like kind of early to be having this talk or whatever too but you know where does mark's career go now because, you know, everything he did was a tag team and with his brother. Right. You know, and uh, I mean, I couldn't blame him if he wanted to just walk away from wrestling. I think he's like 39 or 40. Actually, it was his birthday the day after Jay passed. And Damn. He just turned 38. Wow. I think it was. Jesus, man. It's just, it's it's rough stuff, man. But that's going to lead me into some of the discussion that we're going to have. So I'd like to like for us to kind of just talk about big moments in wrestling, big wrestlers, tag teams, male, female feuds. And then we'll kind of get into the Royal Rumble predictions and kind of go down what match card is there real quick i do have a question for you boys what's going on with the whole mcmahon thing oh that's a very good question so he's left now he's back now his daughter's left right that's correct okay so now what's so what actually let's timeline wise this is very interesting to follow follow these trajectories decisions and things what where it kind of starts is actually stephanie takes a resignation to um essentially i think her phrasing was to spend more time with her family and so i think that's because she already knew because within weeks of that happening is when vince had to step down right so i think she kind of got the news rumor has it that her dad had this affair was going to break you know that that sort of deal so she kind of wanted to circle the wagon stephanie did leave and also hunter hearst helmsley triple h paul Levesque, whatever you're gonna go by he w- had just had a heart condition as well i can't remember exactly what he used to wear a defibrillator doesn't he yeah, yeah i think he has to wear like a defibrillator he had a heart attack like, or something yeah they kept not calling it a heart attack but i think also the wwe does the spin stuff right you know and that is they don't want you to ever associate a person's condition with working there right so or taking steroids or you know something like that they can't even <laughs> say hospital yeah. they say medical facility medical fa- oh. it drives jim Cornette crazy he says what fucking human says medical facility yeah, yeah sure. nobody says uh, that it's shit. not that way well i it wasn't that way anymore because right away whenever hunter took over they were using phrases that were banned like pro wrestling hospital belts yeah belts belts was the said. Miz, he's like a bet he's like a belt is something with the code even they did the yeah, Miz t- that yeah. was actually a good moment underrated he says a belt is something you hold up with your pants with yeah i fucking love that <laughs> that was a vent yeah. because it's a vince lines but wwe was really getting fun without vince around in my opinion absolutely it seemed like there was more liberties and more sensical storylines it still wasn't perfect but hunter was also operating in kind of these guidelines of the pg era and have to take sponsorships you know into consideration and for years now and I, i'll say like the last five years there's been like who's 
the WWE eventually going to sell to at some point? Right. Because they're a very right. successful public company. They're a profitable company, and they, they make easy money. A no lot one of has Vince to do with the alive. TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Vince Vince gets caught up in this sexual assault allegations and, and what have you. Right. And so he steps down by the advisement of his inner circle. Then that brings Stephanie back to the company. So Stephanie is the chairwoman and co-CEO with Nick Khan. Well, Nick Khan's been here this whole time. He was actually hired in the last five years. So which is in part this discussion as to how is the WWE going to sell? How are they going to get the most money? Nick Khan is a power broker in LA or was anyways previous. A lot of TV contracts and things like that. So he was more of a representative for networks to get deals done. Well, he, he went to kind of the agent side of things and then started representing organizations that were working with these TV networks, trying to get TV deals. So your sports teams, right. uh, particularly, you know, in this case, WWE. And then WWE noticed his talents right away. Vince was impressed with him, so he hired him. And there's been kind of a bone of contingency and jealousy with that move, supposedly. I mean, we're going by dirt sheet reports and things like that. But but Stephanie did talk as though she was very favorable of Nick Khan and happy to work with him still yet. So Nick Khan has always been there to get these deals done. He got the Fox deal done with them for SmackDown and these TV rights deals. He got a renewal of uh, USA a few years back. It was more of a short-term one, but he brokered that deal as well. Nick Khan gets like something like 10% of every deal that he gets done or that WWE has. So that's going to include the sales, though that's in the language of his contract, is he was going to get 10% of whatever that deal ultimately ends up being. Holy shit, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Attaboy. Think, think if WWE goes to sell for $7 billion, which I know that they're at least valued over five. So think that they go and sell, or let's say the Saudis get in, which is another funny thing we can bring up, but let's say the Saudis get in and money's not an object, so they just throw down $10 million to blow everybody out, or $10 billion to throw everybody out of the water, which is a very real thing. It can happen. Yeah. Think about how much money Nick Khan's going to get if oh, they dude. sell. 10% of $10 billion? Yeah. yeah. He's going to be Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. He's going to have to do a fucking thing for the rest of his life. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much $1 billion is. No, they don't. I think $1 billion, would $1 billion fill up this house? It depended on you know what bills that you had it in, but certainly if it was It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, no there's question. actually a video on YouTube that describes how much wealth people have and they do it in grains of salt and sand and you should check it out oh i'd have to check that out for sure it's insane dude they have a pile of what a billion dollars is versus what a million is in grains of salt and sand and it's incredible you know once you had a billion why fucking care about getting any more well that's the man like you got a couple sit at home start knitting Yarn, whatever. Yeah. He's like 76 or 77. That's like Golf. Elon. Look at Elon losing a couple billion dollars. You think he cares? No. He's sitting on multiple billions, but right. he don't give a shit. I yeah. just like Vince. I respect Vince McMahon a oh, lot absolutely. for right. what he did for the business. Right. And I think WWE people, I think does, people right. dunk on him because it's cool to dunk on him. Sure. But he, if, if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, a lot of your favorites would not be... There would be no Hulk Hogan without right. Vince McMahon. Exactly. Right. There'd be no Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior for sure. Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think Brother Brucey would be, and uh, I think he had a lot to do with the Undertaker too. Right? Well, I'd say more so Kane. Okay, Kane. That, yeah. That's Bruce's invention. Yeah. But, iconic. Iconic people uh, in the business. Vince, you just stay at home, man. You don't. Yeah. You don't have nothing to prove. Like I can say this: if I was in his position at his age, I would know. Like. I'm maybe I'm not the best guy for product knowledge at this point. I'm right. an old fucking man. Even if you are, it's like he's obviously very defined health, but he gets around okay for Oh yeah, he's and gets, he looks he's better like, than most seventy six year olds if not better than all of them. Oh, he's like have, a few before Jericho left WWE, this yeah. is like twenty sixteen, fifteen. Have you heard the story about him and Jericho getting 
hammered on a plane ride back. Absolutely yeah. hammered. And then Jericho didn't get up in time for his workout when they got Vince. they touched down. And Vince texted Jericho and said, McMahon won, Jericho zero. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Vince fucking flexing in the mirror. Yeah, that's awesome. Like with two hours of sleep. You know, seeing him at WrestleMania last year he doesn't look the way he used to but he's also 76 77 yeah so. i mean i mean he's I mean, pushing 80 still looking better right. than and he most. looks incredible right he looks better than i do and i'm 25 dude yeah. he's fucking snagging women that's 30 years younger than him. oh his you birthday know, party seen, like yeah. the scene and all them that that wasn't linda yeah that no wasn't shit. linda <laughs> no not at all so anyways this went from then stephanie was in charge and things were kind of turned around and, and some of those responsibilities were delegated to nikon and then vince basically tells everybody he wants to come back which there was already murmurs of this like a month ago and everybody's like oh no 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 well vince still owns a majority shares of the company that is wwe that's publicly traded and the type of stock that he has which is i think it's class b stock is what they call it is weighted differently than class a so it actually you know let's say one unit of class b stock might equal uh, 10 units or 100 a stock that's similar in coins too exactly right kind of like coin conversion is a way to look at it or dollar or monetary conversions but yeah so vince owns like 80 percent of those shares or 88 something astronomical in that class b stock which he's that makes him still the owner of that company right basically they're not gonna do shit without him exactly right so he can like play hardball and so this is kind of what's also i mentioned that to get to this that's what's kind of weaseled his way back into the wwe is the fact that he can block a sale or he can create a sale or he can make threats you know to the other shareholders and the board to move in an action versus a way that they do not so like the tv rights deals for example maybe he wants to try and sell before it's time for the TV rights deals to be up because that's coming up so he can get the most money out of his product or he wants to negotiate a new TV rights deal and he's coming back actually to stop them from selling the company which I find doubtful but it's neither here nor there. Vince can manipulate the decisions of the board beyond the fact that he now has majority members on the board because he brought back two people and two people immediately resigned when he came back and I think there's two other openings still yet because Stephanie counted for a board seat uh, regardless of you know if she was the chairwoman or not so they had to make up for that one and i know there's another one and i forget so what that vacancy so for. now that he's back did she resign citing her she family resigned, stuff yeah again? she resigned effectively immediately not for any reason she didn't ex- explain the reason why explicitly she just said it's time for me to step down with the return of vince mcmahon overseeing and now they're acknowledging though publicly they're trying to sell the company yeah so everything in these vince has mentioned that in his statement in returning to the chair uh, stephanie has mentioned that in her statement in resignation they're apparently going through and cleaning out the front office right now well, positions to sweeten like, the book sounds like the ati podcast needs to get a loan and buy up the wwe yeah <laughs> we're gonna start a gofundme so if you guys want to i'll let you know the link after yeah, the show so the down payment of a seven billion dollar company be ati <laughs> wrestling company and then right. living like in the most expensive state in the united how isn't connecticut like yeah. incredibly expensive to yes, live in yes. anything in new england's outrageous yeah. because uh, boston is i mean it's a small state to start with and then there's boston and all these suburbs in connecticut and then it of course borders up next to like new york new jersey or it's just about right, right away you're an hour away from everything yeah on these major coast. cities you like you can I mean. hop on a train and get to philadelphia quickly or new york quickly from metropolis it's on a scale that we don't even realize here regardless of whether or not we've been there it's impossible for you to like understand how big of a city that is yeah it's, uh yeah so it's interesting to see where the wwe is going to go and it, you know there's some rumors of saudi arabia and coincidentally in may which timing wise is looking like needs to be the time that we need to start talking about uh sales and what have you you know once we get to may that's also the same as the big 
Saudi Arabia show. That's the next big Saudi Arabia show is going to line up with that. They're looking at it as a second WrestleMania, supposedly in-house. They're talking about possibly stacking the card, too, as well. So getting rid of WrestleMania backlash? I think it's replacing... Triple H wants to make Money in the Bank not its own pay-per-view anymore. Uh, Which I would agree. I don't think it needs to be. I think it needs to be on WrestleMania. I think it needs to be the feature match on WrestleMania, in my opinion. That's what... That's what... All the best ones were when it was on WrestleMania. It'd be good for them to, you know... Of course, the title match is always going to close out the show, but it would help build that anticipation. Are they going to cash in immediately? Are they going to wait? You know, too. And I think that they they do it... They make Money in the Bank its own pay-per-view because they want to be able to do that independently and make a lot of money on it too which i would say it's probably the fourth or fifth you know biggest pay-per-view per year uh it's hard to say now that it's a part of the network and it's included in your peacock subscription but i think it started to get there it was uh you know used to be your your big your big three regardless of what is always been wrestlemania uh SummerSlam, and royal rumble but survivor series was pretty much in that four slot for the longest <laughs> time survivor series has gotten prostituted out over the last several years kind of fucking sucks now pretty much sucks constantly i had pretty good hope for it this year because they <laughs> basically kinda, made it the war game. kind of bleh. But yes, I agree. It was kind of... The best thing about it, I think, was, wasn't was the triple threat match between Seth Rollins, yeah, uh, that was Bobby good. Lashley, and Austin Theory. Yeah, that was an excellent match. But yeah, the war games matches were kind of... The drama with the Sammy stuff at the end was good, but I think they still could have you know capitalized on that a little bit better, storytelling-wise. But yeah, so the WWE is kind of in a, in a weird state right now. Triple H is trying to... Has brought back a lot of talent, too. We should mention that, that Vince cut uh your killer crosses your bronson reeds ron Strowman. yeah Braun Strowman, for example so several people have been brought back and i don't know that they've really proven that to be a, a good decision a lot of the talent you know like somebody like top dollar doing that dive in the corner in the ring uh, <laughs> i couldn't tell you one caught up. top dollar match that i've seen this year yeah. since he's been back bray wyatt's been the coolest like obvious you know since Triple H just took over, the coolest sure. like, return. But even him is he's kind of like uh, it's just kind of getting kind of getting kind of blah because again kind of idling a little bit. Yeah, they they're taking too long to tell whatever the hell story he's telling, and it's almost incoherent in some respects. The first few weeks were great, and then it's like Absolutely. okay. But I'm excited to see what happens. It's Bray Wyatt. I'll always be a fan. That dude, yeah. that dude could be an actor if he wanted to. No question. I think that's kind of what some of the criticism of him is: is that he what he does is not professional wrestling. It's you know dramatic you know television or something of that. But it, whatever he says, it means it's I captivating. Just, Everybody's I, listening. I don't understand a word he's talking about, right. but it makes you want to watch it. Yeah, for sure. He's got a way of speaking. His voice too is uh, entrancing. I don't know. It's not that it's monotone. He's just he's just got a, he's just a character overall you know he's kind of he is he is a gimmick you know he, he just he's got this weird charisma about him you know not the not the type of the charisma of you know let's say Dwayne Johnson the rock you know the the kind of more stereotypical charisma that you think but he's got a weird charisma about him he's got like, like Mick a, Foley vibe yeah Mankind Foley, for sure. Mankind yeah. for sure. Yeah. Waylon Mercy, the that Dan Spivey Waylon yeah. Mercy character, which didn't last very long. Go look, look at his promos in Bray Wyatt's early promos, and they're like, Pretty I guarantee on. you, he watched that. Oh, I have no doubt about it. His dad, you know, Mike Rotunda was in the business, wrestled with all of those people, but he was um, the IRS. He was coming yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. But I think this pivots us nicely into kind of let's start talking about some of our favorite things that were from 2022 in wrestling. Let's kind of let's start off with some male performers of the year. In my mind, I thought three would be good enough. Not that we have to keep it to any specific number, but I know that Jake and I are probably going to have a lot of crossover. And uh, I think that even perhaps the most underrated male performer of the year, but definitely in my top three would have to be Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins 
has went out and had amazing amazing matches all year long. Been playing a heel, almost lost. I mean, he's lost a good chunk of matches. He's lost more matches than he's won this year. Yeah, and he's lost on pay-per-view an astronomical amount of times. And he's getting beat a like a rug, but it's okay. Yeah. Cause but it doesn't matter because yeah. of how good he is. Yeah, absolutely. He is his character. He believes he's his, his character. There's some kind of... Even, you know, if you see some of his interviews and stuff, he's kind of kind of kayfabe to an extent. He, he kind of talks in character to a degree but makes it sound real in real life you know he i uh, think of us either uh, sports illustrated or espn he had done an interview with not too long ago and they got into talking to him about some of his things like matt riddle he was having a feud with at the time he's like i don't like matt riddle we have a problem and he went into the reason why and shared like you know so he just took something that he said the wrong way as a disrespect toward him and his wife you know becky now and uh he said he's like i don't i don't really care for him you know so it was like he made his real life thing translate over into wrestling which it's hard this day now because people just go out and say oh yeah i'm playing a character on the tv or the character that i'm playing on tv you know or or they hold these press conferences talking out of character it's like it's not what it used to be the undertaker was the fucking undertaker everywhere he went (laughs) everywhere right right, yeah you know it's it's just uh that's to me that's the reason that the business isn't popular they didn't go to heels and baby faces went to different hotels and bars right they kept them separated different dressing rooms i just i think seth Rollins is actually trying to lean into, you know, he's more of a modern wrestler, obviously been a great wrestler for 10 years plus, but I think he's kind of leaning back into kind of some of the old school teachings and thoughts. And his, his matches do have a routine to them in the sense of a, I would call it almost Ric Flair-esque. You know, you're going to see the Falcon Arrow transition from the super superplex every time you know you're going to see a corner turnbuckle probably every single time you're going to see a missed curve stomp probably every single time you know that's just kind of the state but the way he builds it i've seen him just have nothing but amazing matches this year so seth rollins would definitely be a name in my top three would he be in yours jake or uh no but he would be close i'm gonna go with what you got underrated for me after seeing i mean i've talked to you about this but i went to the cape gerardo live event, live event this year mm-hmm. those like bnc town events are odd fun because oh yeah it's not super expensive you can get real close right and it's just like cool live event matches sometimes they're even better than the tv matches because they get to do get a little more time and do a little more stuff do stuff that they don't normally do but this guy is dynamite and should be a single star immediately montez ford has has grown on me and become one of my favorites this year that dude can talk he's worked on his work Absolutely. He has blown me away this year. Everything. Yeah, I agree. I think in the future that he he's destined to be a, a big single star. He's not there right now, obviously. I think what would really benefit him is either pairing him up in a stable with more experienced people or giving him a more experienced manager uh, by his side. Either or would achieve the same sort of thing. But, you know, pairing him up on the team would be kind of the line of thinking of like evolution, for example. What they did with Batista and Randy Orton. They were both so young in the business at the time. You know, Randy... Orton literally young in age he was like 19 but Batista he was new to the business as well himself and you know having those opportunities allowed those guys to excel and be big team players within two years you know they that that that, that group was an offshoot evolution because they had the Ric Flairs and the the Hunter Hearst Helmsleys to advise them and teach them about the business it's just incredible like nowadays they don't see the formulas that were successful in the past and don't try to apply them is beyond me I don't understand Montez Ford is a guy to me that could benefit from being in a stable 
or with a manager. But yeah, I, I don't know that I'd put them in my top three for sure. And it seems like that they've the tag team division hasn't meant a lot in the WWE, unfortunately. No, he just impressed me like with his singles matches, yeah. his tag matches, and it's somebody that I paid a lot of attention to this year. He had a good singles match with Roman this year, I think it was. And I think that was kind of built up in anticipation whenever they were them and the Usos were having a tag team feud. Him and Seth Rollins had one too on Raw that yeah. was pretty good. And his partner's good too. Angelo Dawkins has improved a lot too. I, I just say happen yes. to like I used to Montez despise Ford him, but he has gotten a lot better. In yeah, the and he's like he's become like he's gotten a lot more athletic. It right. seems like he's you know, he's getting more a lot comfortable better. too. Yeah. I think that's that has a lot to do with it. I think maybe another guy that would definitely be on my list and certainly on on yours, Jake, is uh, Cody Rhodes oh. too. Even though he's been injured <laughs> quite a bit of the year, you know, he started off the year technically in AEW in AEW as the TNT champion. Did business on the way out, lost it back to Sammy, which was a great match, and it was a great, fantastic match, and. He he had a way of just having great matches with everybody because he actually leaned into the storytelling. You know, you can go back to the first uh, Double or Nothing of AEW in 2019. The greatest match in AEW One of history. the best professional wrestling message, matches I've ever seen. It might even be on my top five of all time. And you have to think about, you know, that's that's with your Austins and Rocks. That's with your Austins and Bret the Hitman Hart matches with your, you know, Christopher Benoit and Eddie Guerrero matches up in my, up in my mind. You know, Kurt Angle matches, the amazing Flair matches Steamboat. he's had. Yeah, Flair Steamboat. That's another great feud. Flair Funk. Another yeah. great feud, you know. Like a, it was, it was a great match between Cody and his brother Dustin, and that's the thing I I miss and I cherish and I I want in professional wrestling. And Cody is a character who tries to bring that with everything he's doing. Don't get me wrong, he had some misses back in AEW. Oh, buddy, but when he was that doing had the, a lot to do with Tony Khan too. The so. Anthony Agogo, yeah. the House of Black shit. Yeah, I, fuck, I could give. I, that's why I was not interested in Cody yeah. then. The House of Black stuff too was really unfortunate too because that had a lot of potential and started. Oh, out I like the guys good. in House of Black. Yeah, Brody King. God's yeah. hate, love Brody King. Buddy Matthews, luckiest man in the world. And oh uh, no doubt, it's uh, got Rhea Ripley. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, and Malachi Black's very talented, but I just I'm not. I just the group hasn't worked for me. Right. Personally, it was kind of missing, and again, but I think a lot of that has to go to, with booking decisions, and you know the whole turning the lights off and back on shit too. It's like that used to mean something, yeah, and, it, and it's been prostituted out too much now. Yeah, it doesn't mean what it used to. Cody is a guy who brings again a bit of a legitimacy and realism to the business, and uh, I mean I have to mention him for sure, and I know. He's been out, uh, injured, but you know, back to our Seth Rollins talk. He and Seth Rollins had some of the best matches this year, if not the best matches, in my opinion, over three pay per views. And for him and and Seth to have the match that they had at WrestleMania with Cody only being out of AEW, what was it like two or three weeks, if that? And there was a lot of rumor that oh, you know, Seth's mystery opponent might be Cody. A lot of people were like betting on who it would be, and so it wasn't completely a surprise but i think the crowd reacted in a way that they were very surprised and very happy it was one of the biggest pops i'd ever seen and you're talking about at AT at&t stadium that's a hundred thousand i think they you know had to have some blocked off for you know the the staging and such but i think they had well over sixty thousand, if not eighty thousand people there at that wrestlemania somewhere in between and that was one of the loudest pops i'd heard in a long time and it was time for him to come back yeah he did everything he needed. He did it everything he needed to do. He went to the Indies, killed it, yes. started literally. There would be no AEW with without, without Cody. Cody Rhodes. I agree, one hundred percent. He was a big factor in that. One hundred percent. So 
whether you like him or hate him from moving on, he knew. He said he knew it was time to come back. And guess what? I thought he did it at the right time. Absolutely. And unfortunately, injuries. But he didn't. He didn't even need a full twenty-two to 2022 to make a big impact and to make my list <laughs> yeah he literally right. wrestled half the year damn yeah he's, he's been injured for quite some and well we should mention this too literally wrestled his last match injured you know <sighs> that hell in a cell match that he had with cody with a torn bicep yeah i seen pictures whole, from that that was brutal dude. half of his body was just completely purple and red and yeah. pink i mean it was unreal dude like it takes balls to wrestle like that hell yeah i wouldn't do it, it takes like, like 20 25 like minutes yeah it takes balls to get in the ring with half those guys and, the, and, yeah. and that's that's in contention for match of the year as well specifically i know it's it's made a few people's lists in the wrestling business you know it's my match of the year for sure it is i their, their trilogy of matches are great so you can just put that down as my top three seriously like yeah every 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 match the wrestlemania backlash match they they upped it every time yeah i agree yeah, I would have to say my other if if I was just keeping it to three is going to have to be Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Well, we're and similar think, on two or three here. I think that he is the best thing, perhaps or arguably in wrestling. Period. The guy keeps the kayfabe up. He's a dick on Twitter. He's a dick in real life. He's a, he's a dick, dick to his parents. He's a dick to his parents. <laughs> he's, he's a dick to his mom. fiance. Does his mom wear like bring like I hate I hate, my, hate son. my son yeah, signs? That's a shit. great gimmick, dude. Yeah, MJF is just a fucking dick. And now he's starting to put the whole package together. You know, one thing about him when he started, and I'm not like big into body shaming because I'm kind of a, you know I've got some flaws myself but uh mjf didn't have the physique at first and he was also very young so a lot of people didn't get it until they heard him talking you know also he has more traditional wrestling matches i would say as far as move sets and stuff but he he can do a little bit of glitz and glam here and there he has his high spots his wrestling style pisses off like the fanboy you know video game playing IWC folks you know the keyboard which is not for me that's why i love mjf and mjf has like real matches like with real holds and wrestling maneuvers and he makes you feel something that's what he said in the promo is is it because i make you feel something or i don't have to do flip and flop and yeah yeah it doesn't brother hulk hogan leg drop big boot and you're out of your seat yeah, which yeah. is is hilarious. Have you ever watched any of Hulk Hogan's Japanese matches? And he's like doing oh, high yeah. spots. Yeah. yeah, he's doing like leg scissors and shit, and like he's like doing a cross. He did like a cross body shit. or some yeah. shit. Like doing a cross arm breaker. Yeah, doing like, wild, shit. incredible shit. You never saw him wrestle like that. No, it was like in the that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're so, taking you're taking the leg drop. Say that to say this. Just because you do it, can do it, doesn't mean you should do it. Right. You know. And MJF is a guy, in my opinion, who's the best at. Knowing his character, staying in his lane, making decisions that revolve around his character that make sense, works the gimmick constantly. Like the guy is already getting movie parts. He's going to be in the Von Erichs movie, A24 film we've talked about here on the show. Which Von Erichs is he playing the one, like the, the fake the brother? Er- the, yeah, Derek, they did. I think it they, was. The Von Erichs were like, let's make like a fake cousin or brother. Yeah, they were trying to add members to the family yeah. to help because they were actually having, well, some of them were dying, like literally. And, you know, like Kevin, the, fam- the family was it. thinning out. That's the know? only one alive. So now, now Kevin, yeah, Von Erich, his group of brothers is the only one left alive. He's got two sons in the business who i would love to see in wwe but they will never probably wrestle there just because of the link the the schedule and what have you but yeah the the von erics and mjf well i I didn't think he was gonna be i I didn't really see him as a von eric i'll say that at first 
you know, and you um, see Zach Efron as a Von Eric. No, I guess I don't either. <laughs> but but high school music. Talk about somebody that's putting in the fucking work yes. for a role. That motherfucker is he getting jacked? Oh, oh dude, he God, looks like bro. a fucking linebacker. Yeah, he, dude, is, he is fucking stacked. Jacked. There was a set. Is he's doing Carrie Von Eric, right? Yes. Oh man, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna love this movie because I love the Von Eric. That family. kid from the Bears in it too. The lead actor. The show. Oh, uh, oh, from Shameless, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is he, dude? He who would he 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 he's got to be playing like David or something. No, or is he playing Kevin? One, I think he's playing Kevin. But so he's gonna be barefoot. Yeah, I always thought that was neat. Oh, that and that's another thing too. I, I like the barefoot end of things. So Jeremy Allen. Speaking White. of that, real quick tangent. I watched with my dad a few months ago. Kevin Von Erich world title match with Ric Flair in WCCW when Flair came into the territory. Yeah, banger. Was that was that the cage match? No, it, it was. It, you know, because Carrie Carrie was obviously the biggest single star, but Kevin was killed. the best wrestler. Yeah, I mean Kevin year. could go. In his match with Ric Flair, it was like out. It was like at a stadium or some shit. Yeah, they had a lot of stadium shows. And it was amazing. Just to put it into perspective, this article from MovieWeb.com says Jeremy Allen White has added over forty pounds of muscle to play per wrestler in this Iron Claw movie. Cannot wait. Yeah, who's yeah. gonna play Chris Von Eric? The I don't think they've Von announced Eric. it. I don't think they've announced it because he's the one, he's the one that like really wasn't a good wrestler. And right. He had like bone problems. Yeah. Like they talked yeah. about it. Like he would get in the ring and he'd like break break a fucking bone right. every time he would. Yeah, he's, take he's a bump. Frail. Back to MJF, he's a star. He, he's not a star in the making. He's a star now, and even though even when he's in shit that like nobody, well, let me put it like this: I respect Chris Jericho. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. But you know, Chris Jericho nowadays, I'm not a big fan of what he's doing. You know, I'll be the first to say it. JAS sucks. You know, and and what he was doing with Max, you know, MJF, I didn't care for it personally. You know, it was great that they finally. Broke up, and then you know MJF went on and created his own stable. It's just every like time Jer- Jericho works with somebody, things don't usually work out for they that person. They last the forever, yeah, and they're too long for sure. They don't know when to stop. And I love, I hate. I've said this to you before. I hate talking trash or even saying anything negative about Chris Jericho. He's top five wrestler for me all time, and I love the dude. Um, I think he's a good dude, but he lately has just been the the wizard shit. I don't care. Yeah. Like he's had some funny moments, like the sure. him the dancing is funny, but it's not or the mimosa match, like <laughs> it's not the list. Like some, I really do think that he needed he needed some filter sometimes. Right. For sure, no, I agree, and I because you know, know he's doing whatever he wants. Right yeah, now. I think he's just. It's not that he's not trying; he's definitely trying. It's the the mystique. I was talking with my wife about this the other day that that was Chris Jericho was he would come in. He was very focused on the shit that he was doing. It was good. It was very direct. It had a very clear, you know, storyline linearly. And then he would go away for a while. And that's why I think and I like him so much. That now. He is stated. He works so infrequently. And you know, I love I love Fozzie too. But Fozzie, you need to go on a long tour. <laughs> yeah, see, there's the you thing need to too. take up some more Ugly Kid Joe dates because I just saw that they're going on tour with Ugly Kid Joe. I do like Ugly Kid Joe. But Fozzie's going on tour with him. Yeah. Yeah. Fozzie, I'm not a big fan of Fozzie either, but that's not neither here nor there. It's just, you know, Chris Jericho doesn't do the things that he used to do that was kind of the keys to his success as well. You know, I think anything oversaturation is not good. And I think that's kind of in part what the phenomenon is going with Chris Jericho. But, I, you know, MJF rebounded from his feud with Jericho. Everybody, I mean, I can sit here and give you a whole list of people that have feuded with Jericho and what are they doing right now? 
Claudio, what's he doing? That's like the more recent one. Eddie Kingston. I mean, yeah, Eddie Kingston is the most devastating one to me because the timing of everything. He did that Players Tribune article. It was amazing. Yeah, he is a guy who has not been given anything in life, and he has worked for everything. I mean, he is the everyman. And then him and Jericho had actually a great match. Yeah, Jericho's best, best match, match in a long time. Jericho since maybe uh, when Japan. he first got into AEW or Japan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I was very impressed by him and Chris. they had a good style, like '80s Japanese match. Like when it was fucking good. MJF has has remained to be on top. And finally, well, let's mention the most obvious thing, AEW Championship, finally. And and that, to me, which is going to help lead me into the next thing I want to talk about is actually some feuds and moments, because Jake's already touched on that, is that CM Punk and MJF had one of my favorite feuds of the year, definitely a top three feud for me. And that was what was going to be great about MJF's eventual winning of the championship was that he and CM Punk had a long drawn out feud throughout the year, but it, again, it was on a trajectory. It was, you know, they were hitting all the hallmarks along the line and that was MJF finally won his dog collar uh, match with MJF or uh, CM Punk won, excuse me, rather with MJF. And so then MJF went away for a while and he come back and he won the diamond ring or whatever the briefcase, the fucking rip off of money in the bank that they tried to do. <laughs> CM Punk became champion there at all out. It was very obvious CM Punk came, or excuse me, MJF came back out at the end of the night when CM Punk was celebrating him, you know, winning back the title. It was clear that they were going to have a feud and that was going to be the means for MJF to finally get the title was from CM Punk. Who'd you beat? That's one of the biggest things in the business that means that gives gravity to you winning a championship. Who did you beat is what the old timers say. If MJF beat CM Punk, that was the only other thing that he needed to make himself a superstar in the business. Yeah, he's made at that point. And that's exactly where they were going. That feud in and of itself. I think they won feud of the year in a couple of wrestling magazines, PWI in particular, which is interesting enough. MJF took pictures with it, but taped out CM Punk's name. on the plaque hilarious that's awesome (laughs) and cm punk caught it and so uh cm punk responded to him on twitter with his picture and said uh how's the ratings doing bud (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious that's funny too they've had one of the best feuds two great talkers and again i've already you know showered mjf and i think we've talked here on the floor but on the show before my like and love for cm punk as a character and a wrestler so you know unfortunately we didn't get to see it in the complete sense that I think that we should have. And that's something that was going to lead eventually, I guess, to full gear, another pay-per-view for them that's already passed. But yeah, so I would say definitely, you know, one of my guys is MJF of course. And then the top feud with CM Punk for the year. Uh, What's, what's a big feud or moment for you, Jake? Cody and Seth, all three matches. And that's, Nothing else to be said. Go watch WrestleMania. Go watch WrestleMania Backlash. Go watch Hell in a Cell if you haven't. Great storytelling. They didn't overdo it. They, they, I see why people got mad about them doing three pay-per-view matches, but they did it right. I don't want them to do another one. I heard right. rumors that they're going to fucking wrestle again. I was like, no. Stop it. Right. You're he, like, better be, it. <laughs> he better be going for Roman Reigns. No more, no more bullshit. 
So, but yeah, that's my feud of the year. I mean, Cody came back to be booked on top, I think, uh, to in WWE, and, and certainly he's as big of a star as anybody that they have there with the exception of a few people. So I think that is where they're going to go eventually, and Seth and Cody definitely were going to be on my list too. I think we kind of already showered them earlier when we were talking about Seth Rollins and the year that he's had. But that series of matches, the three, some of my more modern you know, favorite feuds, there's not a lot that have stuck out in my mind in the last like five or six years since I've returned to wrestling. That is definitely a few that has stuck with me even though yes it's a little bit fresher but it's up there with the aj styles and john cena feud yep it's up there with the which i think is a very underrated feud uh dolph ziggler and the miz over the intercontinental title back on smackdown whenever they first did the brand split again smackdown live yeah that was that to me is one of the best feuds that they've had in the last few years you know there's just a lot of feuds that we could you know sit here and throw out over the years that have been great just more recent history but i would put i would definitely put cody and seth up there and specifically those three matches that they I had. tuned into Raw, f- fucking three hours of Raw for right. for them. Absolutely, yeah. and they they had a continuing thread through some of the shows as well. They were they were cutting good promos on each other as well, so it was another thing to enjoy. Cody had some good you know solo promos in the ring. Cody can talk. He can hit on the emotions. He can. He's got a professionalism about him. He dresses like he's a star. You know that's another thing that people miss entirely that MJF also hits on dressed like a fucking star yeah man coming in fucking sweatpants even if you're not a superstar be a fucking superstar no we're wearing alligators no shit gucci belts fucking all of it baby cody dresses the part he looks he's well manicured you know he looks keen he looks like a fucking superstar so you want the part you gotta play the part even with the neck even with the neck tattoo even yeah even that shitty neck tattoo (laughs) i love you cody what's it say black sabbath no it's my bad it's like it's like the american nightmare logo that's a different mama's boy okay my bad sorry i had to throw that one in there but yeah that's that's definitely top feuder moment for me too (laughs) which already takes up two of my three but I'm going to go ahead and throw another one out there that people probably wouldn't think that inside the box with this one. So I'm going outside the box. The biggest angle to me in 2022 is Brawl Out. No question. Brawl Out? Brawl Out. The CM Punk and the Elite Feud. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking they about? They had a brawl after All Out. A oh, shoot that, fucking yeah, fight. It was like, like their do- his dog was, or the, yeah, somebody's the dog, dog was involved. involved. Now, was this gimmick or is this real? Now, that's there are people that are starting to have theories that this is gimmick and it was something a part of. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me why it would be, and I'm going to get into that in a moment, but there are theories out there that people think that this was staged. You know, to get some buzz around the company, but I don't. I don't know how that draws you any money right now. Like you know, the first few days, yes, for people tuning in. But now the big problem with that is the fact that CM Punk apparently in his match with John Moxley uh, tore his tricep or something to that effect, and then to add uh, insult to injury, pun intended, <laughs> fucking the elite come into his bust into his locker room because he called them out during a press conference. If you have not seen the CM Punk press conference after All Out 2022, please go listen to it. Cupcakes. Even if you don't give a shit about wrestling, you don't give a shit. One of my favorite things in the world is to see somebody eat somebody else's ass publicly. Oh, yeah. And just Literally, eviscerate he them. Literally, he was eating muffins or cupcakes yes. the whole time. He's While like he's licking his fingers, yeah. bleeding. He's drinking seltzer waters. He's yeah. got blood pouring down him from his match with yeah. Moxley. He's sitting there and just eviscerating the EVPs of the company. I've just seen bits and pieces from TikToks and stuff. My thing is that when he uh, aired the dirty laundry about them, not somebody 
was it Hang Man Adam yes, Page? Yes, Hangman. That they say he doesn't listen to the. That's one thing. I'm not a wrestler, but if somebody like Mark Henry or Dean Malenko or Jerry Lynn or Jerry. guys backstage like Arn Anderson, Anderson, right? If that they fucking means. tell me something, right? I'm gonna fucking listen. Just like baseball, if you're a rookie and you're exactly. like having somebody like Albert Pujols saying, "Hey, you might want to try this in your swing," you're gonna fucking try to do that when 100. you swing. But uh, that didn't he Hangman Adam Page say something in a press or article that he just does his own thing and doesn't really i'm paraphrasing i'm not i don't know adam page i don't have a problem with him but i can understand i see why punk got mad about that yeah because punk respects the business punk is straight edge like big straight edge guy and Adams, he respected like Harley Race so much. Right. He took a shot with him. And uh, I think that, and then you actually you go and hear all these other stories of what CM Punk did. Like so, Dax Hardwood, one of my favorite wrestlers right now, he actually started to talk a little bit more openly about CM Punk. Well, he always defended CM Punk. So let me start it there. He had always been a defender of CM Punk in AEW. And I think he was a little apprehensive, and he's even said this publicly about him coming in at first, just because of some of the stories he had heard about him. And CM Punk was completely see, completely the opposite. You know, CM Punk has gotten this reputation for being a prima donna, but it's more that he has a chip on his shoulder, and he is very passionate about wrestling and knows about wrestling. He's a student of wrestling, knows like things that make sense that don't make sense. He's probably lived and breathed it his entire life. He's just a ultra fan right. that became fortunate enough to become a wrestler and is very passionate about it. So if he doesn't like something, he tells you. Or something doesn't he doesn't think it makes any sense, he tells you. And that's why a lot of the younger talent liked him was people like Will Hobbs, Jade Cargill. You know, there's several wrestlers, I think Ricky Starks, have said that they went to CM Punk. CM Punk had an open-door policy for his locker room. He had his own personal locker room where people would come back and he would watch their matches and give them critiques of what they did, what they could do better in the future, yeah, so on and so cool. forth. That's cool. Like, he just... He didn't have to do that. Right, right. He could have been a fucking superstar, show up, shoot, do his shit, and leave. That's what they do in the WWE. But do you think Brock Lesnar's... Roman Reigns is doing it now. Do you think Lesnar is... Uh, Critiquing matches? Do you think that he? No. he's like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to draw some fucking money, and I'm going to go back to Saskatchewan and like exactly go right. butcher a cow or yeah, something. I'm yes. buy a six-pack and butcher me a <laughs> Japanese Wagyu. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Like, I, there's... Because the IWC like just sucks off the elite so much, like that they can't be wrong about something, or they couldn't have, you know, they certainly like leaking shit to Meltzer. I mean, come on, they're they're all friends. We all know it. Meltzer's basically on the fucking Uncle payroll. Dave. Uncle Dave. They have the Young Bucks have a move called the Meltzer Driver. <laughs> they named it after Dave Meltzer. They love Meltzer. They're all California boys, so that's another connection, you know, but. Like, you think you aren't getting biased information from Dave Meltzer? And how many... Cody isn't in the company anymore, and those people were his best friends. There's a reason he's not working with his best friends anymore. You know, you have to think I of I wouldn't that. even say that they're best friends anymore. No, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, they, he said publicly that they're still really good friends and respect them, yada, yada. But I think just Cody's like a class act. Like I think, this, you know, I don't think they can talk about what happened. I think there's, there's like definitely some, NDAs. Which, yeah, that's another thing with Tony Khan. I, I just randomly going on this jag here, but Tony Khan makes everybody sign NDAs. I want to know what him and Jim Cornette talked about so bad. I already know some of it because Jim has talked about a few of the things, but it's just been very minimal. Yeah, he won't go into detail about it. But yeah, he like the, why do you have to make everybody sign NDAs? 
like that's ultra. I see, Tony Khan seems like a really nice guy because he was on Rich oh, yeah, Eisen last week, and I, I think he, I think people are a little rough on him. I mean, I've definitely laughed at some of the fucking shit people joke about with him, but he just—he's a cokehead, I think. Well, I don't. I'm not getting into can, any of that business. I'm not going to start rumors, but he seems like a—he just seems like a really nice guy, especially like after the Jaguars won. Yeah. He was on the field. The players were like, "He's like, yeah, you know, he was just going crazy." I don't know. I just don't know if he should be booking wrestling. I'm a wrestling fan, and I don't think I should ever book wrestling. I let people that do it, like... Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there. It's called, you know, fantasy booking, mark booking. But, yeah, a lot of people think that they can do the job, but once you... It's just like anything else. Once you're actually doing the job, there's a lot more that goes into it and behind it. And I I just, you know, to kind of bring this back into the moments and, and feuds of the year and that sort of stuff, all out... The all-out breakout, like, that was the most interesting thing you were... I was turning tuning into anything and everything that was talking about it because I wanted to know whose opinion, who had information, who this, who that. And I was just, like, obsessed with, like, what what's going to happen? Is CM Punk going to have to leave? You know, that him busting out in that press conference and just lay, laying out all the dirty laundry and telling everybody off, telling the wrestling, quote-unquote, journalists off in the crowd, like, him just going the fuck off on people... Was the well, most Cole entertaining Cabana thing got, I saw. Got absolutely grilled, roasted. Oh yeah, bank account with his mom thing. That was hilarious. <laughs> I just lost my shit when he said that. Like, I went to bed after the pay per view and woke up and I just see all this shit about they got. Like, I'm like, what? I watched it live. I watched the press conference live because I actually ordered the pay per view just for mjf yeah and i wanted to see, but dude the press conference was better than the damn pay-per-view yeah absolutely cm punk he's injured so he's not like in wrestling right now and it's starting to near the end of his contract so i'll be curious to see where he goes if he goes anywhere at all if he's done with wrestling after this or whatever the case is but a lot of people have speculated that actually things were iced over and perhaps that started with Whenever Kenny Omega went back into Punk's locker room after what happened with the brawl or not. So I guess, well, I'm jumping the gun here. We never really explicitly talked. But what happened with the brawl is that the elite, so that's that's uh, Kenny Omega as well as the Young Bucks. And then some other people who have been bantied about, uh, Mega, the chief. Uh, she's, uh, she's second in line to Tony Khan. I don't remember exactly what her title is, but she's like the head lawyer of the company too. So Mega goes back there with him. I think Christopher Daniels. I mean, there's a mixture of these people eventually being in the room. So Pat Buck ended up in there as well. And what happened was is that they were pissed off about what CM Punk said in the press conference. So they go back. They kick open his door. Supposedly kick open his door or kick down his door, whatever phrasing you want to use. They go into a closed door locker room that has CM Punk sitting in it with his dog, Larry, which is like a little rescue mud of some type. And uh, his his best friend, Ace Steel, his wife is in the room, but Ace Steel's away. So they're all hanging out in his locker room after everything, after he's done his press conference or getting his stuff together or whatever. And they come bust in there pissed off that he's like eviscerated them, said that EVPs couldn't even manage a target of this company. <laughs> and That's so hilarious. He, which was a, one of the best lines of the whole thing. And uh, in our little teaser for today's episode. And then Ace Steel eventually, I guess, comes up on it. You know, words are said, fist, fists are thrown chairs are thrown uh the dogs barking at all of these guys so apparently kenny tried to grab the dog and pull it out the young bucks were a little bit more quick to like throw fists and stuff but cm punk blacked one of their eyes apparently knocked one of the other ones out with a chair or something if it wasn't the same uh, young buck 
Yeah. Don't sound and too then, gimmicky to me. And then when uh, Ace Steel got in the room, he apparently bit Kenny Omega's arm <laughs> or something. So Ace Steel just comes into the room and he sees CM Punk throwing fists at all these guys. And so Ace Steel jumps in to defend Punk. So he's like the only person on Punk's side of things. I think it has been found since, but they won't release the detailings of the investigation or who even done it. Tony, Tony Khan supposedly had a private investigation into it for the results, which I think is bullshit. They never interviewed Ace Steele's wife on her perspective of the events that took place. That right there tells me that they did not have a valid investigation, if one at all, because Ace Steele's wife has, has since said, and everybody's been made to, or it's been proposed to sign NDA. So that's, I think, why you're not hearing CM Punk talking about right now, because there's a lot of legal end of things right now. I guess some by some perspectives, you know, people come in the room, they see him throwing fists. They think he's the instigator. There's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth with just the whole thing that happened and who's on whose side and and that sort of stuff. So I just I can't not put a mention moments feuds of the year. I mean, it's the most infamous thing of the year yeah that took place you know and i I want cm punk to come back because i you know started watching a little bit more religiously because of certain talents and and doing my education on the years that i was off and cm punk was one of those wrestlers that getting back to what i talked about earlier i want i want you to do something to make me feel i want to be entertained by you i want to care about the i want to be invested in the thing that you have going on creatively I want to root for your character. I want to root for a character. That's when pro wrestling's at its best. And CM Punk is a guy who implements that into everything that he does. Right, when you can pick a side. Yeah. I mean, you cared as a kid back in the 90s when you watched Stone Cold on TV or whoever, Sting. Hell yeah. You know, because they were in a feud and they were a character that you cared about because that was all invested in. Right, right. You know, they... And they tried to do things that made sense, you know, and, and decisions were made for their characters that made sense. And, it, and, it, and it, it requires everybody that's doing business in those situations to be agreeable to. And CM Punk, like where, again, I don't find him really at fault with a lot of this, is I go back to the Adam Page stuff. So Adam Page, friends with all those guys, he was in the elite. He went out on live TV with CM Punk while he was still champion. This is CM Punk took the championship from... Uh, Adam Page and so they were having a feud before their pay-per-view match and uh, he went out basically called CM Punk out making references to him uh, you know keeping people from jobs like Cole Cabana and that's I guess with the animosity that he came in with he was he talked about shit on TV that they didn't agree to beforehand and was kind of attacking CM Punk's character and CM Punk still did business outside the ring but when he got back he told him like I'm never gonna fucking work with this guy again because he's a fucking loose cannon and he's doing shit on his own and he's going on half information or incorrect information. Yeah. Because there was a narrative out there that CM Punk got Cole Cabana fired or taken off of TV who wasn't doing anything on fucking television as it was. <laughs> he wasn't even on TV for months. He had only been featured maybe a handful of times in the entire history of AEW. This guy was already on the outs before CM Punk even showed up his first day at work. Right, so you can't be blaming him. So it's total horseshit to be blaming this shit, in my opinion, when you look at all the facts and the care to actually have a a legitimate investigation to blame this all on CM Punk. And when you have a guy that everything he did and touched while he was in, people watched. The ratings were there. If you look at the quarterly, quarterly hour ratings, this is something to break down in analytic and television and you see who's watching during those quarter hours, 
CM Punk performed in the top one, two, or three segments constantly with what he was doing. More one you know, times one than not on AEW TV. People were watching AEW to see CM Punk. And their their viewership is overall down since he's not since been on TV not, too. Yeah. So again, it all goes back to CM Punk. People want to pay attention to CM Punk. People like CM Punk. They want to see him on TV. And now that they don't have that talent on TV, people are moving away from it. And uh, I, I just think that he creates appointment appointment television and appointment wrestling for sure. Dax Hardwood on his podcast is detailed it as well. They become very good friends over time. And then Jay Cargill, too, of all people, randomly was like talking about the occasion that CM Punk bought all of the women's former's $500 Starbucks gift cards and just said he's there for them to support them and thinks that they're doing really good. And if you have any questions or want to come back and ask me about your matches, I just know that my door is always open and gave them all $500 Starbucks yeah, gift cool. cards. He did the same thing with whenever he started his feud with MJF's group. They uh, He gave everybody, Tully Blanchard, the, the tag team of FTR, Wardlow, MJF, he gave them all $500 Starbucks gift cards. He says, now I'm looking really forward to work with you guys. I just want to give this as a token that I'm ready to do business with you guys and know that you know I'm here and let's talk and we'll do things that you want to do and we'll make it work and everybody will be happy. And it's like, so then you go jump to this other side of the table where Dave Meltzer is reporting that, oh, he's so difficult to do business with. <laughs> and you're hearing all the complete opposite stories from everybody else in the company. Right. It's just telling to me. So, you know, guys, check your facts out there. At IWC, I can't lean into, enough, lean into that statement enough out there. Let's look at where the frequency of comments and what they're being made on people's characters. And, and hopefully we'll see... Uh, CM Punk back sometime in a wrestling ring with some organization this year, and maybe he can contribute to the top moments or or feuds of uh, 2023. Jake, what's something else that you would say are in your hallmarks of events that happened last year, 2022, whether it's feuds or moments in, in pro wrestling? You pretty much were on the same page. That's one of them. Um, yeah. Cody and Seth, like I talked about, Stone Cold Wrestling at WrestleMania. Yes, that's that has be to there. be mentioned. Yeah, Stone Cold Wrestling at WrestleMania with Kevin Owens received very well critically. It it was a brawl, you know. I mean, what is what's Stone Cold going to do at his right, age right. and his his medical limitations and so it on? Ma- I, he, we, I he want on but I want the... kicks in the corner, punches, stunner, beer and then, drinking, and then went on to have a match with Vince McMahon. As well. <laughs> it took the worst stunner ever. Yeah, <laughs> which was hilarious. But yeah, I just it was a fantastic show uh wrestlemania this last year and the whole stone cold and kevin Owens. so basically that just built up with kevin owens kind of cutting shit on people in texas and then that kind of snowballed into other shit and then talk calling out legends of old and then that advanced into stone cold specifically so stone cold then cut like kind of a a pre-recorded pre-produced video of, you know, like, Kevin Owens, keep my good state's name out of your mouth and keep my name out of your mouth sort of thing, <laughs> and I'll see you at WrestleMania. Oh, shit. And so he, Kevin Owens was having a talk show, that which eventually led into them talking shit back and forth, and he's like, oh, you can't wrestle a match. You know, you got all these problems, blah, 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 blah. And Stone Cold, and this is me paraphrasing, this isn't exactly what it said. Right. But then Stone Cold gets on the mic, he's like, you want to see Stone Cold have a match with Kevin Owens? And the crowd's like, yeah, yeah. Like, people are cheering it on. And then he's like, get a damn referee. <laughs> <laughs> 
this shit down. You hear the glass break. He says, you are one stupid (laughs) son of a bitch. Sounds like something you would say. Yeah, exactly. And they had a match, man, and it was entertaining. He fucking got him on his four-wheeler, drove him up the ramp. Yeah. Well, he took a suplex on the concrete. I was like, God damn. And you know Stone, he's like, give it to me. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking, Stone Cold is like 58 or something. He's he's older. And had neck problems. He was having problems when he wrestled in his prime. He was wearing knee braces and everything. He's still taking all kinds of falls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he looks, he's in incredible shape. Have you been seeing his workout videos lately? Jacked. No, but I remember when he was doing Broken Skull and I I could see some of the, he looked awesome in Broken Skull. Well, he intentionally like worked out for to be on TV because he is, he knows it's a business. Like one thing that Stone Cold has always gotten about it. He knows it's an aesthetics business. Have you seen him in Undertaker wine tasting? Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That's so good, dude. Yeah, Stone, like, so you're supposed Stone to shake it like this. <laughs> yeah, that's from Broken I don't know. Fucking just drink it. That's the way I am. Just yeah. drink it. If it's good, drink it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I even just drink it if it's bad, yeah. especially if I spit the money on yeah. it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But that's definitely a moment of 2023 is Stone Cold back in a ring and delivering stunners to not only Kevin Owens and Vince McMahon, but we must mention Pat McAfee's. And Byron Saxon. And, and Byron Saxton. Yeah. took a good stunner. McAfee, the more I... I check into that dude the more i love that dude oh dude he's in the conversation man like for real to be an mvp of wrestling commentating now performing in the ring and like he like i don't want to shit on baron corbin because i actually think that he's one of the few people that actually takes the effort to be a bad guy nowadays in the business and and continue that character off to, off screen to some extent so, like, I appreciate the dedication and stuff. And he has been a guy that has just been saddled with the stupidest shit over and over again. And he's Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin in particular. Bum Corbin. I don't know what the fuck. I actually enjoyed Bum Corbin, but it was ridiculous. It was, it, yeah. he's, he, Cornetti, he's broke. He hadn't even had to make a payment yet. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> One week he's, a, he's a, a billionaire or whatever. The next week he's homeless. And it was funny, though. Now, now he's, like, being, now they've put old fucking Bradshaw as his manager. JBL. JBL. I haven't really seen JB. Is he still? Are they still doing it? Yeah, they're still doing it. It just hasn't made as much TV, I don't think. But I Raw, I don't even watch anymore. I just watch like highlights. I don't. I mean, I would work it's a three-hour so show. They, there's a lot of filler on there. And I know that Triple H doesn't like the fact that it's three hours, but it is what it is. And he's said this in interviews. He's like, this is our business model now. Where you're obligated to sponsors, we're obligated to the network. He's like, people don't see that those agreements, those relationships that we have to maintain. And it has been established that now Raw is a three-hour show. So he didn't see anything changing anytime soon as far as that was concerned. And it's a, he said it's a necessary evil. I think he even framed it like yeah. that. So Yeah, I mean, you got to keep your networks happy. So Yeah, you give them what I mean, they that's want. where the money's at. Right. Is all these TV rights deals and stuff. And, and that's another big thing on, on the horizon that's going to really dictate business, I think, for the WWE specifically. AEW is in the same boat. Their their contract with uh, Turner, Warner Media is about to come up now. So, and and see what happens. It's there. not looking very favorable because they have not maintained their audience in a lot of instances. Right. While they might be successful in the demo, the demo only mat- matters really for ad sales type stuff. So they know what audience to target in whenever they're doing ads, but the numbers aren't moving upward at all. Yeah. If anything, they may, they they're moving down. So. When you're a business, you always want to look at, I don't care what the fuck you're doing. If you're fucking selling apples, you're renting hotel rooms, or you're a professional wrestling business, you want to look at where you started, and is there an improvement over time? And if there's not an improvement over time, you got to change something. Right. So the likelihood that 
they're going to be getting some great TV deal might not happen. And I know that there's a lot, a lot, and I can't express enough of push from streaming services like your Amazons, your Apple TVs that want to get involved in live sports more so than what they are. Amazon had the Thursday night game deal. Apple had some MLB games here and there. Which, by the way, was fucking awful. Apple did a fucking rip job on the baseball games. So I hope that they do something better with that. Anyway, did sorry. they bring in their own announcers? They did too. Like yeah, they there didn't was even use customary announcers. Right, they hired a few people yeah. just specifically to be they announcers. Didn't know for Apple. anything about the commentary like the was terrible. Yeah, the I mean, yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. It was bad. <laughs> you know, and that's why I think that this is an attractive deal for like an Apple, the WWE deal that is, and that is that uh, they already have that infrastructure in place. They already have announcers. That's a part of the company model, right? All they you can do buy is sign that, on. and then they're just providing it on their platform going right, forward. Right. And WWE, it's been proven. Once everything moved to Peacock, their fans will follow. You might lose a few here and there, but they, but their fans will follow. Most people I know hate Peacock. Oh, I hate it, but I have it. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's because I want that luxury of uh, being able to go to watch something, go back and yeah. watch something, watch something historical. You can watch anything for the large part historical WWE or. You can watch, if you want to watch that pay-per-view, it's right there at your yeah. fingertips. Yeah, that's cool. You know, as a kid, I would have died for something like this, this, the yeah. Peacock, WWE, <laughs> but I don't use it as a grown adult like I like would have otherwise. Like, as a kid, I would have watched every day pay-per-view. Right. Like, I don't watch it like I should. Yeah. Right. And I think I'm it's just because way. it's, well, just you, everything it's, is so tired. accessible now. Yeah. It's like, you can pick, choose what you want to watch. What so you so much to watch. Man. Yeah. Well, we'll never be able to watch everything on the WWE Network. Yeah. No. Never. As far as other things that have happened in wrestling in the last year, I'm um, just kind of scratching my head on it, but uh, and we can get into talking top tag teams, which will go back to some of our other previous allusions and comments. And FTR, it has to be, if not the top tag team, in conversation for the top tag team of the last year. FTR has done everything they've won, every belt that's mattered. I think that there's some political issues in AEW as to why they didn't also have the AEW tag titles on top of the ROH tag titles, the New Japan tag team titles, the AAA tag team titles. They are the best in the business as far as, you know, bell to bell. And even, you know, as the years have gone on, particularly this year, Dak cut some of the most incredible promos. And even since he's been in AEW and been allowed to do so, you know, Dax is is, is one of my absolute favorite wrestlers too. I honestly could have... Had him in my male performers of the year. Another guy I think that's like sneaky MVP maybe of the year because of all, not only the tag matches he had, but he also had a lot of quality singles matches mm-hmm. last year. I believe he wrestled CM Punk. He wrestled Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. He, uh, he, he wrestled Claudio. He had, he had wrestled uh, Cash. He had a lot of quality matches. Yeah, Adam Cole, that was another good one. Had one with Adam Cole. But yeah, man, he's it's they as far as tacticians in the ring, technical wrestlers, they are great, and and really something that we could throw in feuds of the year too is FTR Briscoes, the best three tag matches sequentially of any tag team that I've ever seen without question. It's unbelievable how good their fucking tag matches are. They had kind of a regular tag match, more traditional tag match, then a two out of three falls tag match, which you don't ever see. 
That's usually left for singles. Yeah. And then they had a dog collar tag match, which I don't think I've ever seen a dog dog collar no, tag match. No, I haven't either. A dog collar tag match. Yes. Go out of your way to watch. Their opo- opponents were on dog collars and a chain in between them, and they were connected to each other the whole time. Holy shit. They used the chain as a weapon. They're some of the most brutal matches, especially when done right, that there is period whatsoever in professional wrestling. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And and that's, you know, another sad and tragic thing about the Briscoes. I think they still had a lot in the tank, too. Like, even if they left it there with those three matches, they could have had even more incredible matches. So, And I'd have to include the Briscoes in my top tag teams of the year, too, because... Everything that they did together was must-see wrestling TV, in my opinion. The Briscoes, while they are a gimmick, that is them. That is them, dim boys in real life. Those guys, they almost like strike you as somebody that would be like Bayou type folk, you know? Yeah, like, like down people on the that Bayou. Are, yeah, people Louisiana. that are like running like uh, you know an Everglade tour company out of the back of their house or something. You see that over there, boy? That's this. They, they talk boy. a lot like that, but they're from Delaware, oddly <laughs> enough. They've, they're such a gimmick, they're such a look, but it's it's who they are. And then again, that's like the good things in wrestling is whenever there's realness implemented into the characters. Like, I want to believe you. I want to believe this is the person that you are. I want to root for you, so on and so forth. So, yeah, those would definitely be two of my top three tag teams. Uh, what are some tag teams that you'd throw in there, Jake? I'm just going to fire mine off here real quick. Yeah. FTR. FTR, uh, the Usos, who are the best oh, tag yeah. team without a doubt in the WWE. I think they're number two next to FTR. And then three, just out of pure entertainment, the Acclaimed. I think they're hilarious. I do like the Acclaimed, and there's definitely... They're really green guys. they got a lot, lot to do in the future still yet, but... I think that uh, the sky's the limit for them if they're under the right, you know, learning tree. Daddy ass. <laughs> how can you not talk about daddy ass? Scissor me, daddy ass. Yeah. And the scissor. Scissor. Yeah. They all scissor. Seeing scissor them live, daddy. the acclaimed live was great. Yeah. That was one of the, you know, me and Derek Hankins, friend of the show, yeah. scissored each other. Scissored each other. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Right there in front of all them little kids, too. But yeah, yeah the, the scissoring thing, it's cult phenomenon. It's caught on. I like the rap videos that they do, like the vignettes that they do. The, the freestyle raps that Mac, Max Caster does on the way to the ring are usually very... They're kind of back to the John Cena freestyles. Oh, where, for sure. <laughs> where he would actually talk about current event type stuff. And usually he's like talking shit on Trump or now Biden with the doc documents and stuff. Right. Like he makes pop culture references. Vince McMahon. And then, atta- yeah, talked about Vince McMahon and his sexual assault bullshit. <laughs> like he like goes after people. He went after Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle's wife and shit too. Like what she caught some heat for, because oh, yeah. uh, Kurt Angle's wife got with Jeff Jarrett while I guess their relationship was falling apart. Whatever, it's none of my business. I don't care. But you know, like he made some comment about you know uh, Karen Angle sleeping with a bunch of other people, or him, <laughs> or Jeff Jarrett sleeping with Kurt Angle's wife, or as if like it was Kurt Angle's property. You know, <laughs> how dare you sleep with Kurt Angle's wife? Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty entertaining too. I, I do like the acclaim quite a bit. I would have to say maybe. A team that really caught my eye this last year, I have to say, is Aussie Open. New New Japan, they're in a stable with Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is one of the better technical wrestlers that's out there, period. He just needs to get the character aspect of it. And I can I can see the work that he's put into it over the last year or so. And Will Ospreay is a guy that's added some body weight and size. Like, he was very skinny and lean. And, and I think he's actually calmed down in his ring moves and stuff and, like, just really concentrated on being a, a more legitimate professional wrestler versus a lot of the flip-flop and fly that he used to do and, and he can still do it and he just does it in opportune times now 
But I was really impressed with Aussie Open, even though you can still tell some greenness that with what they do, like one of the guys was a professional MLB player, uh, I think Davis in the group. But uh, yeah, he. I was really impressed with their look. That's another thing about a good tag team to me. You need to be able to do tag team moves. Like you and another tag team guy, you, you need as partners, you need to have Absolutely. signature tag team moves. And they made a real effort in having some kind of semi-original moves and stuff. And uh, so Aussie Open's caught my eye. Uh, they're now, uh, I believe, the New Japan champions. Is that who beat FTR? But yeah, I, I, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get like snatched up whenever contracts come up and stuff by one of the bigger companies, because there is a huge, like the ceiling is almost unlimited for them too. I think Aussie open, they got a good, good look, good size, and definitely something like a WWE would be looking for, uh, to put their fingerprints all over. What about female performers this year? I, I think it's been kind of kind of a stinker year quite frankly because i got one is it i got one i don't got no feud i just got one female wrestler that i care about pay attention rhea ripley oh yeah i pay attention Love. to her yep. too. yes no have, absolutely have nothing else to rhea ripley yes yeah. she's fantastic other than the one chick that i follow what's her name oh, oh. nikita, nikita lions too okay we're oh, yeah. putting nikita yeah, lions put her in there because she's legit i think gonna be great her instagram's great i'll yeah. tell you that well brother the the, the her the music video emo- is the salute too. emoji is me <laughs> rear ripley and nikita lions yes sir so those are my but i have no feuds because they're they weren't any good ronda rousey's right. terrible now yes charlotte, I can't get in. charlotte's been in and out this year she's been out almost the entire i year. can't get into ronda hardly with anything that she does anymore the aew women's out. matches respectfully suck yeah also. uh I, I like jade cargill as a character but she's not a technical wrestler no. at all what yeah. is it? Cornette says, looks like an ostrich stomping on ice or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. But Jade Cargill does have good... Well, she has a lot of personality, though. Oh, without question. Her look is the promo unmatched. Is, the promo is like, good. Oh, and yeah. That, too. Yeah. So I like Jade Cargill on the AEW side, but there's no future moments for me. No. I'm, I'm going to have a couple just for the sake of having a couple. I think Mickey James is, is really doing a good job over on the Impact side. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer without question. Had been working with the NWA on their female division, but I think there's some uh, ruffle feathers there at the moment with Nick leaving Aldis, her husband, and so on with Billy Corgan. But in the, yeah, the NWA, she had some you know involvement there. Was in charge of the old women's pay per view that they did over there on that side too. But Mickey James is a Hall of Famer. She just had a great career versus title match against uh, Jordan Grace over on the Impact side. Jordan Grace is. She's one of those kind of keyboard warrior people that I don't care for, kind of chip on her shoulders to a degree. Married to Jonathan Gresham, that's her husband, if that tells you anything. I, but she has legitimately, she's always been kind of a buff chick. She has like legitimately transformed her body. Like She's not necessarily in my top three, but her look is insane. If you've seen Jordan Grace anytime soon, she's chiseled out of stone. She looks like a... Like a male world bodybuilder, like Damn. Miss Olympia, she is she's stacked like the gladiator girls of old. Yeah, beyond that, dude. Oh damn, just like I, like her physique is almost unparalleled right now, and it's it's intimidating, quite frankly. She big mama pump, yeah. She call herself. Yeah, she even dressed like Scott Steiner. She wore like the. I legitimately was like, are they related? I like looked it up. She wore the whatever the fuck he Scott Steiner. Yeah, wear. the little chained head thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, like the chainmail armor thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> over the top of his head. That's awesome. Mickey James would be one for me. I Rhea Ripley. I agree with you. But Rhea hasn't had a lot of actual matches this year no. because she did have moments some, like, though injury scares. The I'm and your stuff. mommy stuff, brother. But yeah, the I'm my roll. 
time. I will say, like, I was pretty pissed off with uh, the Judgment Day once they kicked out Edge because Edge didn't want to do any spooky shit and Vince McMahon wanted him to do spooky shit. Now Vince McMahon isn't even there. No Edge spooky. isn't even on TV because he's filming fucking shit for the new Percy Jackson TV show that they're doing on Disney+. Plus. But anywho, I the Judgment Day, I was like, man, I love Finn Balor, but I do not like him in the Judgment Day. For some reason, it just doesn't fit to me. And... Like now that they've added Dominic to that and the I'm your poppy stuff and Finn's really like invested in the character. Like I actually kind of like it now. Like the overall like faction is like one of the more entertaining factions on TV. Like they're actually doing shit that yeah. Dominic went to jail for like 48 hours. He's like prison changes a man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they they have some little the fucking lines from this year. Oh, on Twitter when after like Raw is over, it's like Ray Ripley, like you know, like what's real real whispering to Dominic or something, and the 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 replies are fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. Rhea Ripley is definitely invested in her role in that group too. But she's I didn't expect to be seeing fucking women wrestling men like she fucking beat the shit out of Tazawa. Yes, uh, not too long ago. in a match. That's crazy. Yeah, the replies to that when when she pinned him like that, incredible. Go look at the Twitter replies. I can imagine. I could imagine. And the Dolphins said, it should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. And I, li- I was like liking all of them. Oh, God. That's fantastic. Yeah, Rhea, Rhea is something else. And I think she she really is the top female star that they have in the company. But they, for whatever reason, they you know whether it be injury related or whatever, she's not quite there right now. But I think that will eventually lead us into one of our themes for Royal Rumble. I think they're going to be doing something with her there, personally. Hopefully, my money's at. When, when's the Women's Royal Rumble match? Well, the Women's Royal Rumble match, they haven't announced where it's at in the card, but it's definitely on the Royal Rumble card. I wouldn't be shocked if they opened with it because they don't have any other feature matches. You have to think the Men's Royal Rumble's going to happen, uh, and it might, it's often the last thing of the night. So then you've got Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. That'll be a great match. For that. And I, is it Austin Theory and Seth Rollins? Or Auth- I don't, I'm not entirely no sure where I look up the match card when it comes time. But uh, I know that the U.S. title is going to be on the line as well. But yeah, Rhea Ripley, I would say, is definitely still yet one of my top female performers of the year. And it's hard for me to put in Becky or Charlotte because they've missed so much of the year. And, you know, that would force me to kind of go on down the ladder. And there's... There's people that I like, and I know that they're good wrestlers and stuff in WWE on the women's side of things. But, I mean, honestly, you you almost have to say Mandy Mandy Rose has to be considered. She is definitely the most improved women's wrestler that I've noticed. Making some headlines. She's made her headlines with her, whatever the version of OnlyFans that she's using. You know, and and God bless her in those pictures that are out there. And, uh, you know, roll tide on that. Roll tide. <laughs> I don't know that she necessarily makes mine, but if you also consider all the controversies, her getting fired from NXT WWE on account of having too much revealing nature of, of her content out there and what she ended up making like the first week after, I think she made over like $500,000 on her OnlyFans Jesus. just in a week. Jesus. Yeah, because... Why wrestle ever again? Why wrestle? Yeah, that's exactly my point. Now... People are going to make this point, which is valid, but also it might kind of coincide with her, you know, showing her stuff off online. But that, you know, her nudity and what she, you know, what she offers as far as content is, how long is that going to last? How long is that going to make you money? How long until people aren't interested anymore? You can only show your whole fucking 
Yeah, I mean business so many times, and then everybody's seen it. Then everybody's seen it and shared right. it, and it's made its rounds on the various sites and Reddit's and and what have you. You know, if if we were to conclude outside the ring stuff, maybe I'd put Mandy Rose in there. I think just by default, I'd have to go to the AEW side and I'd have to look and Jay Cargill again. Look at her record. All of her segments suck. Her promos are believable. The she's running her mouth, it's believable. But they don't lead to anything. The Bow Wow shit, it's totally scrapped now. Yeah. I mean, the the baddies, I liked it in concept. They're just randomly doing shit with the baddies on TV and not on TV. And you got to, that's another thing. How about like, AW, you got to watch you gotta, the fucking YouTube, YouTube shows. You got to watch yeah. their vlogs. I'm like, no, I don't do that. I don't have that time. No. So I think just by default, for lack of anybody else, I'd have to say Jay Cargill. Uh, people might point to... Well, Jamie Hader, honestly, I would probably have to include her. Yeah, Jamie Hader would definitely take that third spot for me because Jamie Hader. I don't even know who Jamie Hader is. So I know the name, Brit, Brit but Baker's I don't. Okay, si- like that, badass that sidekick. Okay. Yeah, like she is a very good worker. She's had great matches all year long. She's had great title matches. She she really hasn't been given an opportunity to cut promos because Britt has been speaking for it. I think that's kind of the storyline that they're trying to start. Eventually, has turned them against each other. Because Britt keeps stealing the mic from her sort of stuff. But I would like to see, like, the only reservation I have with Jamie Hayter is because she hasn't done much promo stuff. So, but yeah, Jamie Hayter is definitely, and there's a groundswell, like, fans are cheering for her. Like, she is a babyface in the making because the fans have chose her. She's got size. She's got a look just like a Rhea, very similar to Rhea Ripley. I think they're the same, like, size-wise. You know, one of the bigger women on their team does, has a lot of power moves and that sort of stuff. So, I'd have to throw Jamie Hayter in there. Okay. So I think that's, uh, we kind of wrapped some of our favorite things in 2020. Was there anything that you overlooked, Jake, that you wanted to... I pretty much in? covered any, you know, at this point, I just watch for certain people more than a whole show or a card. Right, for sure. So, right. And I, the people that I mentioned are the people that I pay attention. I would, I also a big Matt Cardona and Brian Myers fan, but, right. you know, I didn't really watch a whole lot of Impact this year. Did you see that uh, he filed for the trademark on Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona did? Uh, apparently he's coming back, which hopefully yeah. we'll talk about that in just yeah. a second. But I think that is going to lead us nicely into our Royal Rumble talk now. And I think some of the for sure things that they have on Royal Rumble is obviously the men's and women's Royal Rumble match. We talked about the title match with Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. I Let's kind of start with the women's Royal Rumble real quick. So it's not like we could sit here and predict everybody that's going to be in there because they haven't announced everybody that's in there. So we can't sit here and predict who's going to be in the women's Royal Rumble match because the match card hasn't been filled out. They haven't said everybody that declares, but you can pretty much already assume at least about 20 to 25 of those spots are on roster talent. And then you're going to have your surprises. Maybe your NXT call-up types or veterans of old Hall of Famers or new talent. And new talent sometimes ends up in the Royal Rumble and shows up in the Royal Rumble. I'm just going to go back to Rhea Ripley I think that Rhea Ripley is probably going to win the Royals Rumble match, in my my opinion. Uh, what are your feelings on the women's Royal Rumble? Um, she should win. Nobody else should win. Uh, you're asking the biggest Rhea Ripley fan. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Don't care about anybody else. Be cool to see a couple like legends come back, as always. But uh, she should win, and that's all. I'm, that's what I'm there for, for that match. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely her night. The only other thing we could speculate on is what other surprises or our new talents coming in might be. I don't know that there's been a lot of like rumor or innuendo surrounding any particular new talents other than Chelsea Green. There's a lot. There's a big thought that Chelsea Green's coming back to WWE alongside of her husband, uh, Matt Cardona, a- a.k.a. Zack Ryder as well. 
And uh, I think there's a few different actions that are kind of being put forth right now to kind of lead us to believe that it's the copyright thing I just mentioned. There's a copyright out there for that. Promo- he was like talking about the 10 year anniversary of his song Hosky. And then, is then a- he did share that too. Uh, all over social media was the 10-year anniversary of Hosky. What a banger. He did so much back then to like get his character over. He's literally started the internet wrestling shit. Right. Like vlogging, getting yourself over, making your own brand, right. doing your own right. thing. I think he was like the forefront, the Without the guy. question. Yeah. There would be no up, up, down, down. There would be no being the elite if it wasn't for yeah. Cardona, without question. So I, I think that might be one of the newer uh, debuts. You know, they always try to bring in a veteran. I think that's going to be contingent on, you know, other deals that they might be having. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Vince is going to get Undertaker involved in things to some extent. He is going to be at Raw 30. Undertaker's going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm not saying Royal Rumble. He's going to oh. be at Raw 30. And what I am saying is I think once they get the Undertaker in doing business, Michelle McCool, by default, ends up doing business with them real close to that. So I saw it. We saw her at the Royal Rumble in St. Louis. She was there. I predict that she may be at this one, considering they're doing business with Undertaker again. He's coming back for 30, just to be in gimmick, I'm sure, and do something with somebody. So I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if Michelle McCool is one of the um, you know, historical talent that shows up. I don't know if there's a lot of other people coming out of contract uh, right now uh, that that might be signing up. Have you heard anything with anybody coming in? Besides Cardona, no. That's the only one that I could see coming in because what makes me think Cardona is because he's losing titles on the indies. Right. I don't know. I mean, he's still taking bookings, I saw, but Myers re-signed with Impact for a full year for this year. Yeah. Cardona did not, as far as I know. We'll, we'll jump over to the men's sides of things. I, I wouldn't be surprised with Cardona coming back. I think there's a lot of speculation with the men's Royal Rumble being a vehicle to set up Roman Reigns' feud for WrestleMania. And obviously it should be. That's you know Traditionally, that's what it is. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets a shot at the champion at WrestleMania. There's been a various amount of things bantied about as a possibility. There's been talk of The Rock coming back to headline WrestleMania in Hollywood. Now, what does that look like? What does that involve? What, what are the necessary steps to get there? Well, a real easy way to tell that story is for him to enter, surprisingly, into the Royal Rumble and win it. I think that's kind of a lazy way, quite frankly. To Doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble not for necessary. that match. Yeah. Cody Rhodes needs to win the Royal Rumble more than anyone. And that's another theory for a finish out there is that Cody Rhodes will win the Royal Rumble to set up a feud with Roman Reigns. Now, how is Roman Reigns going to have a feud with The Rock but also have a feud with Cody Rhodes? Well, there's a theory out there that they actually want Roman to headline both nights. Yeah. And they want to also separate the titles. Now, I don't know if they do some type of screwy finish where they, with, with the two of them that says, okay, Cody, you're going to win the uh, like referee's decision, and it's split decision. So now what we're going to do, Cody, you get this title, and Roman, you get that title. That's the fairest thing to do. You guys are both champions. And then Roman goes on the next night to have that championship fended against The Rock. As the Royal Rumble finish, I don't hate that idea just as long as they tell the story the right way and they get to those points the right way. To me, it's never about what the ultimate end of the story is. It's how you get there, the story that you tell to get there, the milestones that you hit to get there. So that that would be okay. Um, but again, it seems kind of screwy 
yeah as far as a a decision so and i think you know some of the surprises that you will see beyond that there's at first they were advertising brock lesnar on the royal rumble he was on a lot of the solicitations and stuff and he's recently been taken off of them so i don't know that he's going to show up but apparently a match that is on the table is gunther versus brock lesnar at wrestlemania amazing that could be a match of the year yeah i agree 100 percent. them two dudes just beating the piss out of each other yeah absolutely imagine brock lesnar taking one of them shops he's gonna be like fuck you (laughs) yeah i I want to see that like i i think that i i don't think i'm in the minority not only the iwc would want to see that but even the casuals would want to see that it kind of goes back to the old philosophy of you know these in-ring titans clashing and and that's that's like I, I wish Walter Walter's gotten in way better shape, aka Gun, Gunther is what he goes by now. He's gotten a lot better shape. He used to be kind of a bigger guy, but I actually thought he was a little bit more menacing with that body weight on him. You know, he was visually bigger looking, but now he's leaned out. I will say the facials that he gives while he's acting are like way more predominant. Like his cheekbones are showing and stuff. He looks like a fucking bad guy and like I don't know, like Die Hard or something like yeah. that or, or Speed. Like a fucking like foreign gorilla insurgent cell of some type he's heading. You know, he's like a Russian or or something like that. Like he looks evil. Like he looks like a bad guy. Also, a quick, just quick mention that I forgot the th- another character. Speaking of guys that actually changed his character, but it's not getting talked about enough. Brock Lesnar showed a Cowboy new Brock. side of him this year. He was fun, man. I the think tractor everybody. shit. The yeah. some is is. Goofy as it was, when him the, getting on the bringing the tractor to the ring was hilarious. I was about it, and that phenomenal catch from Roman Reigns too. Yes, WrestleMania was insane. My wife actually threw a diaper at me across the other the room the other day, and I wasn't looking, and I caught it like that, and I didn't know she was going to throw it yeah. either. And I was like, "Hey, that was some fucking put you put the ones up." Yeah, I told her <laughs> we the ones. I said that was some Roman Reigns shit right there. The way I caught that diaper. <laughs> He had a promo when he was feuding with Bobby Lashley earlier this year that was pretty good too. When Brock, Brock can talk a little bit, like yeah. when he doesn't do it a lot, like he can yeah. he no, can I handle agree. it, handle his own sometimes. I agree one hundred percent, and I think like really the only like Brock might be an entrant. I don't know what good that does. Uh, they already declared almost as an entrant. In Met him at a Cape gas station. He has. Uh, I don't think that he's going to turn out to be that great of a wrestler. He's just a giant I, for a giant. Kevin state. Nash says differently, and I don't. I trust Kevin Nash. Yeah, I know Kevin Nash is really into him. I know he's done some shit at the PC. And I just don't know. I don't see it yet. He doesn't really have charisma to me. MVP with him, yeah, that's that's great. It could just MVP take a few years because Kevin Nash. It took a while for Kevin Nash to. Hit. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to take the right circumstances for him to get over. But I I just don't see it myself. I don't know. I, I think that really the most likely scenarios it's either the rock or cody winning uh royal rumble which i'd be happy with it i'd be more happy i think i'd be happier if it was cody just because it's a little bit more of an the rock story. does not need the a title need he's the fucking rock right 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 i mean the story's there boom I agree. doesn't it's it writes itself doesn't need a whole doesn't need it's true it's real true shit and there's all kinds of bangers he could go on to have as champion and fuse uh, imagine you know? The speed he reverses a spear into crossroads, gives it crossroads him three times, two times, three times. Boom, one, two, three. That's what I want. That's what yeah, I want. I think that him and Roman could tell a really good story, and and the fact that they're multi general generational talents too, so their family is very the history is very rich. And Maybe Dustin comes back as Dustin Rhodes. I would be okay with that too. 
I'm a big fan. I think you know Dustin Rhodes. Gold Dust is one of the still most underrated characters of all time. Even is in his fifties right now. He's already he said, had a match with CM Punk this year. year. Yeah, that too. I mean, that was another great CM Punk match when I was giving down the punch list of people that he worked with last year that was great. I think the Royal Rumble, of course, it's always a device to kind of tell those big stories going into WrestleMania. This year, it's WrestleMania 39 in LA. I think they're going to be looking for headlines and just having that star factor there. And I think whenever Rhea wins, I think she's going to go on to go after Charlotte again because they've had some of the best series of women's matches over the years recently back in... uh, I think it was 2020 when they were feuding. Or the best pandemic events. match for sure yeah. was Charlotte and Rhea. I agree. It was very good. Other matches on the card, uh, we've got Bray Wyatt and LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match. That is- yeah, so this pitch black match is a, a newer match that they're doing. Uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. Mountain Dew pitch black match. Because it's Mountain Dew pitch. Yeah, right. I don't. I kind of right, like it. Is right. this another House of Horrors <laughs> type match or what the fuck's going on? I like on LA Knight though. I do lot. like LA Knight. He's a talker. He's got a good look. He's a throwback, you know, type wrestler, you know, somebody that would work perfect back in JCP days or, you know, Mid-South or whatever the case, world class. Oh, when he was in NWA a few years ago, yeah. he was great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, LA Knight's a good guy, and I, I do enjoy watching him work. This this feud hasn't really done it for me, though, to be honest with you. No. It I was started off happy good. about it first, yeah. It started off good. But it's been kind of dragging ass. Yeah, it's been, I, I wanted to get kicked in the third gear. Yeah, for sure. And then the Uncle uncle Howdy shit, like, who is he? Who's he not? You know, like, they teased, like, when Bray came back, that all of these various characters from the Funhouse and what have you would be iterations of actual wrestlers. Because Bo Dallas is signed with idea. the company. It's He well, has not been on that. TV, but... He is under contract, but he has not been seen. Yeah, it's believed that Eric Young was also under contract because he let his uh, impact deal expire. That's why he lost uh, the match that he had, and he wasn't in his. He got kicked out of his faction. And what about Eric Rowan too? Uh, Eric Rowan, I'm not sure about. He did do an interview, and basically the impression that I got is that he was open and coming back to WWE, and that he didn't find AEW to be a very professional company. So he actually talked shit on AEW. So I think that if he's coming back to wrestling beyond the Indies, it's going to be in WWE. But there's just so much I think that might actually have the like the brakes pumped on it now. Unfortunately, because of Vince coming back and them trying to sell the company, even though they've assured everybody that you know everybody's jobs are safe and everything creatively is going to go the same day to day. Once you start cutting people in the office, man, like that's just office staff. And like I understand that these guys are independent contractors, but they got guaranteed guaranteed contracts wrestlers do nowadays in wwe you know so i don't i don't foresee uh, a lot of new acquisitions although people are speculating that uh, coming up like with but maybe we'll see eric young or bo dallas in the royal rumble that's how they're and maybe them get the shot that they deserve legitimately because both of them can eric young is oh he's amazing. a great Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas is a better wrestler than Bray, without oh, well, a doubt. I don't think Bray is that great of a wrestler. Although just I character. will say, uh, Bray did have some sneaky good matches. Like I think people like to shit on Bray uh, as far as his actual technicality of work, but I've seen him have some good solid matches. Oh, it, he usually actually, and they're not matches that I enjoy because they're just so difficult to follow. Multi man matches. He had a really good. I think it was either a five or a six man on Raw. Uh, for a number one contendership that they had back in like 2018, I believe it was. And uh, go back and go back and check that out. I think that's a sleeper match for sure. Seth Rollins was in it. Roman Reigns, I believe Rusev 
and uh, I forget who else, but yeah, that, it was a really good one. Um, maybe I don't Samoa know if Joe. I remember that. I thought it should have been a pay-per-view. All right, so we've talked about most of the match card. We've alluded to it a few times. The only other two matches that are announced are Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens and then Alexa Bliss versus B- Bianca Belair. Don't care about that, and uh, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens will be a good match, but we all know what's going to happen. Right. I, but it'll be a really good match. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, Kevin Owens is obviously not winning. The only thing I'll say about the women's match is that Alexa is she's taken some breaks here and there. She's gone back to like the horror character or whatever, and like they're tying her back in with Bray and shit. So that's in part why I think some of those people that we talked about that are under contract now are going to be coming back. They've alluded to the fact that uh, Alexa is going to you know join that faction once again, and there's going to be some iteration of that faction. So I don't know that it, that it's necessary for her to have a title. I could see them giving her the title just because Bianca's had it for so long now. And, uh, you know, it'd be like a spooky character with the title. But she doesn't... Alexa Bliss, quite frankly, doesn't need the title. She is kind of a gimmick in general. And uh, I know that, like, her merch is one of the better sellers. Like, especially the Lily doll that they had. Oh, at the live event, people were buying like the crazy. shit out of that. And yeah, bring and Mysterio was, masks. And they were still selling the Lily dolls, even though she wasn't really using that as, her, as a part of her gimmick. So that tells me that they're going to want to stick with that. You know, and, yeah. and they do make decisions based on figure sales and things like that that people don't realize with characters sometimes. You want to buy them on TV. You mean masks get sold yeah. at every event I go to? I mean, I, I bought one for my son. It's just a shitty little plastic mask that you would buy for like a Halloween costume back in the late 80s, or early 90s. Like It's of that material and, and quality. Yeah, I think the the Royal Rumble has chances to be a big event this year. I mean, it's usually one of the bigger pay-per-views. I'm excited for it. I hope that, you know, that there's some good storylines that come of it. But, uh, you know, I think I think we're going to see something done with Cody Rhodes as a character. And I do think that The Rock is involved. A lot of people have said that, uh, you know, Rock just a few days ago said in an interview that it, he wouldn't be able to get in ring shape quick enough for the Royal Rumble. Well, no shit if you were just starting, but it's almost laughable that you're the, most the fucking dude, rock. Like he's putting up his iron pirate. Dude, you can get in there for two workouts. minutes and go yeah. rock bottom, rock bottom, Absolutely. people's right. elbow. Right. right. End of end of story. So I think that the I think that's just kind of a red herring thing. I think that we're gonna see the rock. And uh I would actually be all about because there's uh, rumors of them trying to bring Stone Cold back as well to help kind of sell sell the sell the product to its eventual buyer. <laughs> Uh, but also to perhaps appeal to like just kind of like a good overall brand gesture uh, as a business. Like there's talk of them bringing Stone Cold back. Maybe we'll see Stone Cold at the Rumble. I'm not saying in the Rumble match, but maybe to set up something at WrestleMania. You know, Stone Cold's been putting up a lot of workout videos lately, and he had a match last year. And I would dare to say he's even more credible shape than he was last year. Right now, he's been doing RV workouts because he travels around. He and his wife yep. doing an RV. And he looks fucking jacked and cut to the gills. Absolutely. Like I guarantee you, he's pale as fuck. But he would he I bet I would put his physique up against a lot of people that are active wrestlers today across any promotion because he's looking fucking jacked, and he's doing it for some reason. Yeah. Some people were like speculating that he was coming back. He was like, he ain't oh, no, drinking, just, he ain't drinking just, much right now. No, he ain't. He's like, oh no, I'm just I'm just doing to, to get in shape for myself. I'm like, well, motherfucker, I, I can believe that, but. Also, no better. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to see Stone Cold. I think we're going to see Austin 316. There it is. There we go. All I right. love it. Did you get that at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. I got this at uh, the SmackDown Live event. Okay.
Nice. Uh, back in October. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they had the same. They, Hall- they had a Halloween one too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it I almost cool. got that, but yeah. uh, I wanted to go with the Stone Cold 316 one because it's Stone it's Cold crazy in how St. He's, Louis. He's the most popular merch seller, and he he's wrestled once in 20 years. Yeah, yeah and he's still killing it on sales. He's like literally the most popular wrestler in the world. They don't make them like they used to. No. So I'm hoping that. You know, the Royal Rumble produces some more stars, takes people that upper echelon. I think Rhea Ripley's a star outside of wrestling. It's only a matter of time before she's in movies or whatever. She you can know, do whatever she wants. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. She can fucking do porno. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I don't think anybody would be mad. <laughs> but yeah, and then the Men's Royal Rumble, I, you know, it'd be. I think the best story to be told is if Cody wins. Absolutely. Uh, as far as stories. That's what I'm here for. Anything else is just bleh. What if Vince is in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> He's not. He's not going to be. I hope not. Go get a hobby, Vince. Uh, Vince is going to have a la- ladder match with all of his people that are accusing him of sexual assault That's a big fucking ladder dangle, match. Dangling over the ring. If Vince gets to it, you have to dismiss all the cases. And then they're going to have to join his season, give a kiss my ass club. Everybody. That's like yeah. all the evidence against him in yeah. the briefcase. <laughs> if he can get to it, he can light it on fire. If not, they can all prosecute him. That would be fucking hilarious. I hate band people would pay for that. They would. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you're looking to make some money, Vince, start exploiting your situation. I know 90s Vince would have. <laughs> You're trying to say that you're you're still with the times, man. Go back and make some of those '90s decisions again. Man, yeah, no hand baby. No shit. <laughs> oh man, Beaver cleavage, another strong one. That's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Well, anything wrestling wise that we missed from the last year, you think? I know it was kind of a just kind of a light skim over of everything, but I think we hit the big points. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, because during football season, I don't watch wrestling really, so like right. it it's does tough. impact for sure. Yeah, sorry, wrestling, you just get put on the back. Yeah, burner. between um, between the podcast and football and and all that fun stuff, work, it gets hard to stay up with the wrestling. But I I've kept a pulse on most of it and, and known what was going on for the large part and watched quite a bit still yet. But I I just want characters to care about you know just back to that shit that we've talked about a million times. Just hoping to tune in on the Royal Rumble, find something to care about to keep me watching for a little while, because football is about to wrap it up in the next few weeks. But I need something to watch. Yeah, so summertime, I watch a lot of wrestling, like it because if it ain't you know baseball, it's wrestling and vice versa. Yeah, you know I I like baseball, but it's not you know like football. I don't have to watch baseball every day. Yeah, baseball. If if it's if it's a blowout or if it's a slow game, it's it's not a watch. I like football is mandatory appointment watching every week because right. it's once a week right 17 games for a season versus 162 yeah. it's right. all there right i think if you cut at least it will never happen again because it's all about ad sales and money and shit if you cut by baseball at least back half so that's 82 games a year my brother would disagree right? with this hardcore i don't care <laughs> 81 games it would mean more than it yeah. does with 162. Yeah, there's more. You know, there's you can lose six games in a row in the MLB and make it in the playoffs. Okay. If you lost, if you started 0 and six in the NFL, you're fucked basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, how many teams down this year was one occasion for sure? How many teams are like sub 500 that makes the playoffs too? As well, like it hasn't as happened as frequently, but I've seen it happen quite a few times in baseball. Yeah, it happens more so in baseball. The than Cardinals, the one that they year, they had a shitty record in barely 2006. over five hundred. They were barely just a few games over five hundred. Yeah, and they won it all. 
And a lot of people would not be like, I'm sure like the masses, especially the other teams were pissed off about it. I wasn't, I mean, I co Cardinals, right? And Absolutely. They, were wanting, they wanted the Tigers to win that year because the Tigers were really good. Well, a lot Detroit, of Detroit's on. a bigger market than St. Louis. But yeah, guys, I think we uh, pretty much hit the nail on the head for the large part in wrestling. And hopefully there's good shit that comes out this year. Um, next episode is going to be episode 52, going to close out series one or season one for us. And that's going to be the inspiration episode that I mentioned. That's a supercut of the very first pilot episode of all things insane. We did Josh oh, back God. in 2010 I'm scared. in late fall. <laughs> and then uh, after that will be just a guest appearance that I had on another podcast, just excerpts from that talking about our current influences and, and why we do the show. And then we'll have some announcements about the second season. We're going to have a couple weeks off here. And uh, just to circle the horses and, and get the schedule laid out, and we'll be announcing that all on social media, be available on Instagram as well as our Facebook. We're going to have that up on Twitter as well. We've still been doing a little bit more on the TikTok. I just want to mention we do have a TikTok if you're listening to us. We usually put uh, like show highlights up there and then our little teasers that we do before the shows whenever we're going to have those. But we're not as active on that one, but if you want to follow us on TikTok, we're there nonetheless, and, and it is relatively up to date. So, uh, Jake, thanks for coming this yeah, week. Yeah, Jake, thank you so much, man. Thanks thank for contributing you. for thanks this. Thanks for having me on again, and <laughs> we'll probably be doing right whatever you need next for any yeah. big oh, yeah, wrestling man. events. Absolutely. I'll be here. And Waxing On just recorded an episode last night. Yes, I was going to mention, we can't forget the Waxing On piece of things and Jake being involved there with old Ridge Jackson as well as older brother. And uh, that we've got Waxing On with RJ. We'll be having a new episode releasing this week as well and continued con- content coming out of there. You guys are doing some good work. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. For sure. And getting some attention from some of those bands that we're trying to well, highlight yeah, too. So that's absolutely. always a cool thing too as well. So I am very insane on Instagram and Twitter and I've got Josh Welch underscore Josh Welch on Instagram sitting next to me here, my yeah, co-host. Yeah, baby. And for this week, we have to bid you all adieu once again. Good night and good luck. Stay safe out there, guys. Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. Hi, uh, Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc. I'll uh, start, Nick. Um, show of hands, who here fancies themselves as a journalist? You're a journalist, Nick? Right. I try my best. Okay. Um, um, no, real, real quick. Go ahead. Um, you still do improv? <laughs> no, not a little bit. No. No. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Uh, I did it with uh, uh, Scott Colton. Hmm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist? Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? Uh, no, I haven't talked to Scott in some time. So you're not friends with him? Uh, no, no. Scott and I do not see eye to eye. Oh wow. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> My point is. If you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, if you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. It's okay. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. I'm not friends um, with you. I haven't had Scott. anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, why 
I'm a grown-ass adult man, and I decide not to be friends with somebody as nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was, I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him. Want nothing to do with him. Do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Dominic D'Angelo. Fuck the Pittsburgh Packers. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I made it really clear in Forbes, and I just want to make it clear again. Nick, it's when... not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and if I, I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. I should that, have just I'm, taken a head on because you never said But I'm said trying anything. to run a fucking business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry, it's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies. Right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. What's your question, Nick? Uh, first of all, you're always very nice to me, and thank you. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask about MJF, obviously, uh, he played a, a voicemail from you before he came out, obviously confronted you, uh, Punk. Um, 
why now? Why, why is MJF back in the fold now? How do you both feel about him being around? How do you feel about the time he spent away? All of that. Well, if I may, I'm the one who asked him to come back because uh, MJF's a big star in this company and this is a, one of the biggest events. A year ago, CM Punk debuted here and I thought it was right for the fans. And like I said, for the fans, I thought the best thing that we could do as a company was bring MJF back. And he wants me to work with pricks constantly. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, Two of the top wrestlers in the world, MJF and CM Punk. Could be oh. a big match down the line. Sorry to keep bringing this fucking up, but I've never spoken his word, and I don't know how long, so I'm a little fucking pissed off about it. That's fine. When it came down that he was going to sue me, I asked to talk to him. He refused. I asked for mediation. It was denied. I offered him money. He said it was not enough. He went ahead with the lawsuit and sued. It's his fucking funeral. I don't care. He shares a bank account with his mother. It tells you all you need to know about what kind of character that is. You were always very nice to me. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm sorry if I'm a little fucking snippy. That's fine. That's I'm fine. hurt and I'm old and I, I'm fucking tired. I totally and I work with fucking children. I respect the situation. I regret not answering your question. And the first I time only you asked, asked it because I have some familiarity and just wanted some clarification on the story. Yeah, I, didn't break I should the story. have just taken a head on like I did with Blake and Forbes recently. We're all learning here, Tony. It's okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you guys. This is from Mindy's Bakery, by the way. It's a great place in Chicago. If you like pastries and baked goods, I suggest you go there. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, though. <laughs> this is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop, we will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please... Stay safe out there.